I am Warden Wilson Mutua, and I am happy to welcome you to Harambe Wildlife Reserve. That sea monkey has my money. Yes, I'm a natural blue. If it weren't for the fact that we like the taste, you'd be out there wallowing in shoulder high waist. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 510. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you come to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, and our community over at the WW Radio Box People Facebook group. You can go to www.radio.com slash boxpeople to join and be part of the conversation. So this week, I want to invite you to come with me on a journey that will take us through a globetrotting adventure in a single location. Join me on the oh-so-very-comfortable couch as we explore every mouth-watering item on the menu, I'm not kidding, at the Nomad Lounge. Located next to Tiffin's at Disney's Animal Kingdom, real-world adventures are translated into a culinary inspiration as the menu contains freshly prepared and oh-so-very-scrumptious items and tasty libations from distant locations around the world. And a word of warning to you, weary traveler, don't listen hungry. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a special... Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming meets of the month on the road meetups in California, your voicemails and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. am I now? If you listen to the background sounds, you might wonder where in Walt Disney World we might be reporting from out and about in the parks. And except when it's the middle of August and 135 degrees, I love Disney's Animal Kingdom. And today we're in one of the relatively newer, yet very quickly becoming one of my favorite locations on property. And it's the Nomad Lounge. Because I think Disney's Animal Kingdom, like all the parks, is so very rich in detail and story and culture and history. And this lounge, like everything else, has a very deep story behind it. And oh, by the way, they also have an amazing menu, which is partly what... Okay, who am I kidding? That's exactly what brought us here today for a live dining review of a place that I have sampled once before and could not wait to get back to again. And when you hear live dining review you know we're going to be ordering pretty much off the menu. You also know that I'll be surrounded by friends and members of the WW Radio Nation and sometimes Becky. So I want to introduce, in no particular order other than ladies first, 
do it do it like via royalty like hierarchy do i go like queen to princess or do i do okay so lisa says becky first so you know her well. you love her she is of course her majesty becky mankin ceo uh, what is it? Princess. What's the official title? Princess. Uh, uh, princess Wasn't Empress, princess? Empress, yeah. Empress of MEI and Mouse wow. Fan Travel, which you can find over at, at mousefantravel.com. Wow, yes. And look at this. It's almost a lounge review. You've almost lived up to your word. This is ab- it's the really? word. You just said dining review, so it's almost it's, a lounge it's, review. It's not on the menu, but it's... It is the Nomad Lounge. This I know, is isn't that awesome? So we're actually going to do one. Remember, though, we're going to... There's there's like 10 more to go. So this is starting one. I'm actually giving you props because we're actually doing a lounge review together. Right. Well, this is the second one we did. We did two to gusto. We had a one... We didn't kill each other. Like China, we didn't kill each other. Actually had a wonderful time. That was awesome. It was. That really was. Um, so this is going to be fantastic to go through a menu that I'm really not that familiar with. So it's going to be neat to kind of discover. And I appreciate you being here. And the fact that you're actually outside, like, is... but we're- all for you. All for you. Because, of course, we had to surround ourselves with great people... And this is the only place that we could actually get us all sitting in one And location. it's also a wonderful view. We're right on sort of the, the riverfront near the bridge that takes guests into Pandora. Uh, also joining me again, <laughs> Mrs. Lisa Donato-Glasner. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me again. There always seems to be food involved somewhere along the way when we do one of these. I'm working my way up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also joining me again, we weren't eating, but there was food involved because we recorded by the Daily Poutine, Michael Ruffin. Hello. And back again, back-to-back dining reviews, Kenneth Johnson. Hi, everybody. You may remember them from such shows as the live walkabout and review, the oh-so-very-delicious yet somewhat exhausting review of the Epcot International Festival of the Arts which, as locals, I see, I stalk you, see you on the Instagrams and the Facebooks. You have continued to return to time and time, and in Lisa's case, time and time again. First of all, you don't see me on Instagram. <laughs> Secondly, yes. I mean, I, I stop by for Anosh, you know, occasionally. But no, I was pre-gaming there. I like to get my stomach ready. A little warm-up. A little warm-up. I dig it. Everybody's got their stretchy shorts on. I think, uh, you know how Saturday Night Live has the five-timers club? I think Lisa's about to qualify for her jacket. And there's a problem with that, because don't you think I should actually be up there by now? You, you were told me, this is almost ten years together, and this is my second dining room. This now? is, really? you need to be here more often. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're going to go down that path right now? But I do. I love this, and I've and I've um, I've been inside a number of times. And what I love about it, I mean, Becky likes the air conditioning, obviously. But what I love about it is the interior design tells a story based on the panels and the murals and the things that are hanging from the ceiling. We are fortunate today to have like cast member extraordinaire Christian as our server today, who's been incredibly patient as the uh, tribe has gathered around the table. I was just talking about how Nomad Lounge, it's not just a name that they attach to a location. There really is a story behind it that matches Disney's Animal Kingdom's uh, mission and message, isn't there? (laughs) There is. Uh, Nomad's inspired by all the Imagineers' travels as they travel around the world. 
and it shows all their experience hanging up on the hang tags. They share their experiences, and they want everyone else to share those experiences too. Above the bar and on the walls, you'll see the hang tags, and they'll share the experiences of all of our guests about their travels around the world, and that's really what it's all about. So it really would be a place that, you know, as Imagineers would, would go and, and do research for places like Disney's Animal Kingdom, they would get together with each other and with other travelers to not just share a libation, but to share stories as well. And that really is sort of the, the atmosphere and the vibe that you get uh, both inside and, again, outside here is absolutely beautiful. I just love the background sounds as they sort of blur what we have from Africa um, and sort of the, the very unique sounds coming from Pandora. Uh, yeah, you get a real authenticity of everything, and that's why they travel around the world, to get everybody's actual stories of how they really live, how nature sounds over there to make it sound the exact same when you go to Animal Kingdom. And speaking of authenticity, even the menu looks as though it is a worn traveler's journal. The, the, um, the marks that are inside are, look as though they were created by pencil. It looks like, you know, if you've ever seen presentations by Joe Rohde or some of the other Imagineers who obviously worked on it, it looks like something they would carry with them. They include postage stamps and photos and pencil sketches and, and colored chalk sketches of not just the environments, but the animals they would see. And there's really sort of a story to be read as you go through um, and attached not just to the photos, but to a lot of the cocktails that are here. Of course, the first thing that I noticed as soon as I opened that excited me most was a small plate menu. Because when we come to do one of these reviews, it's not just to review the adult and non-alcoholic beverages. But one of the things I love about Nomad is you have an extensive and very diverse menu uh, in terms of the flavors and the locations and the different types of cuisine that are served. Can you take us through a little bit of the small plate menu, what they were inspired by, maybe a few of your favorites? Yeah, I'll go over uh, some of the more popular ones. Uh, the, we have the Kobe style brisket poutine, which is... <laughs> Talk slower, man. That sounds so good. Uh, the Kobe style brisket poutine, which is uh, steak fries, house-made mozzarella curds, brisket scallions, and a beautiful brisket gravy that goes in the side. We pour it right on top. Very delicious. We have a chicken satay, and that'll be Asian-inspired for you. It has a spicy peanut butter sauce that goes over it with beautiful peanuts as well. A little cucumber salad on the side, very delicious. My personal favorite, the tuna tataki, seared rare, uh, peppercorn crust, and a panzu sauce, which is like ginger and uh, citrus. Very delicious. Christian, as you go through the menu, it's like you're, you're like an angel singing all the right words to every song I ever wanted to hear. Um, because as you went through the menu, I loved each one more and more. So maybe what we'll do is... We're going to talk a little bit about the menu. We will go through the cocktail menu as well. Um, again, the cocktails seem to be broken down by region, right? There's ones that are inspired by Asia and Africa. Take, can you talk to us a little bit about the cocktail menu, and then we'll go through it in detail, and you might want to get an extra pad for the order. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so Lamu Libation, uh, that's actually uh, from a town in Kenya. So you'll have actually uh, Lamu Libation is going to be guava, orange, and pineapple juices. You have a star African rum cruising banana in there for you and a Gosling's 151 floater. <laughs> Calm down, Mankin. <laughs> um, is, that, is that your favorite on the menu? Like if, if somebody came in and said, what is the one that you recommend most? Did you guys just high-five each other? <laughs> I'd say if you're looking for a drink with more of a kick, Lamu Libation is uh, definitely the, the go-to for most people. 
And what I noticed, too, is a lot of the alcoholic beverages like the Annapurna Zing also has a a non-alcoholic version as well, right? Uh, Yes, we do. So the Annapurna Zing is actually Bombay Sapphire East Gin, and that actually has uh, Thai lemongrass and uh, peppercorn makes it different from a regular Bombay Sapphire. Uh, Passion fruit in there for you and ginger beer. Very delicious. You get a uh, lotus flower on top, which changes colors for you. And you also have the Zingerbeer Fizzy, which is a non-alcoholic version. It's passion fruit and ginger beer for you. A little mint sprig on top. Good and refreshing. Nice. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just need a minute to compose myself, um, go through the menu, and then uh, give everybody a chance to go through and figure out what we're going to order. Awesome. Thank you so much. I might have developed a little bit of a crush on Christian just because was, of the way he. Then we had a moment for I a know second there was some when he said t- going back. when he said tuna tataki. He said tuna tataki. Our eyes met, and yeah. it was all over from there. there. Were fireworks, we saw. <laughs> so, it, it was very disturbing. So, one of the things I loved uh, when I was here, and again, sort of um, looking at the menu when we first got here, is. Not only is there a large, um, small plate menu, there's two, four, six, I mean, there's about 10 items as well as a dessert on it, but there really is a wide variety. So, for example, there's a house smoke, like you said, the Kobe-style brisket poutine, yes, chicken satay, of course, tuna tataki, you guys might want to order one for yourselves, <laughs> the African-spiced Wagyu beef sliders with vinegared potatoes, pork ribs, honey-glazed coriander spiced a house made chef's charcuterie board a selection of artisanal cheeses with a selection of accoutrement I just wanted to say accoutrement a Tiffin's bread service what? Oh wait, what? Yes. What? They have poutine and bread oh service. Oh my god. <gasps> Hello, carbohydrates, goodbye belt. Um, <laughs> and they have a vegetarian pad thai, which I love pad thai, with a spicy peanut sauce. So based on your uh, your, your vocal response, the bread service was, was what jumps out at you first? Yeah, I mean, I think I've had everything on the menu. <laughs> but no, but I mean, the, the poutine, I mean, just the fact that you can get bread service and poutine in, in one place here, as well as tuna tataki um, and a charcuterie board and drinks. Um, yeah, no, I, the, the, definitely the bread service. Guys, what, what jumped out at you? So as a young Padawan, having never visited this restaurant before, the thing that jumped out at me was the bread service. And I wondered, you know, how does it compare to Sanaa and are, the, are there similar sauces? And uh, of course, always the tuna tataki caught my eye for sure. And I am a sucker for a slider, no matter what it is. It's why I love, like, during, like, the festivals and everything, you can always get these nice, cool, like, sliders. So the, uh, what was it, African-spiced wagyu beef sliders, that, yeah, like, that jumped out at me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, what cocktail was that that I, no, um, (laughs) I'm probably going to drink my calories this evening, so the chicken satay looked and sounded very good, along with the bread service. But the tuna sounded good, too. So it might be one of those things where I get the chicken and then reach over and grab some tuna off your plate. You'll pull back a stump if you do, <laughs> just so you know. Um, it, okay. So I think I have a, uh, I think I have a plan okay. for the small plate menu. Um, have you guys had a chance to go through your journal? And really, I love this menu because it really does look like it was a handmade journal. I love the artwork that's in there, the photos that are in there, the, the replicas of the postal stamps from, from Kenya and other 
locations throughout Africa. So it's broken down by Africa, Asia, and let's see. I mean, it's, it is a huge cocktail menu. Central and South America. I think actually they call this a travel log. Okay. So it, it is the menu, but just in the spirit of you know the way that they tell the story, it's referred to as the travel log, which is very cool. Um, but yeah. So did you have a chance? To, or you you came in. You've you've been you've been researching this your whole life. You knew exactly what you want to eat and drink before you even walked in the door. I came in swinging. <laughs> No, I mean, everything here is good. I mean, I'll get the Lamu libation for my drink, I think, for sure. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever had anything I don't like here. So whatever you guys want to get is, is good. So maybe what I think we should do in terms of the, the beverages, we should try and get something a little different. Right? We all had our cootie shots. If we want to sample everybody else's, that's cool. But this way we get really a full scope and breadth of the menu. And you're all nodding like... See, hanging with me is not the worst thing in the world. What What are you going to have, Your Majesty? For cocktails? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was looking at the libation as well. So it does seem to be the most girly drink of everything that's on the menu. Um, I might have to go there and then move on to something else. So I can, you know... Okay. Compare. Do a fair comparison between a couple of options. That looks good, too. The Botorita... The Zignum yeah. Reposado Mezcal, Combier Grapefruit Juice, Guava Puree, and Lime Juice. I just like the color. You drink by color, you find these ones that jump out at you, and, you know, that's... And if you look, they're all beautiful drinks. I mean, some of them are photographs, some of them are sketches, uh, and there's probably 15 or so different cocktails in the menu. There's a Spice Trader Classic that is a gin and vermouth drink with lemon juice and strawberries topped with soda water, the Night Monkey... The Delang's Delight, South African rum, hmm. Batavia Iraq Van Oostine, I don't even know what that is, tangerine liqueur, mountain berry tea. Oh, wait Wait a minute. I'm doing Balinese Breeze. I'm going to do the non-alcoholic version of the okay. Delang's Delight. What is that one? Delang's Delight. The Happy... Ma- happy ma- Macaki? <laughs> <laughs> no, Macaw, the non-alcoholic version of the Night Monkey, okay. which is uh, Bacardi Grand Reserver, Maestro de Ron Rum, Guava Puree, Coffee, simple syrup. Whoa, wait a minute. And a lime juice with hints of cilantro. Um, the Tempting Tigress, which is a bourbon drink. You're, oh, are you changing your mind? No, no, but maybe for the second drink. <laughs> just so you know, folks, um, audio tours are still on sale for just $10 in the WB Radio store. Um, gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, what are you guys thinking? Uh, okay, so until I hang out with you, I have been doing low-carb and keto. Which means uh, I drink every morning. I drink the what they call bulletproof coffee. When he said he drinks every morning, I'm I like, know. that's the first step is admitting you have a problem. No, no. If you put if if you put the alcohol in juice, it's okay. Okay, and I look, it's fine. Um, but I drink uh, the bulletproof coffee, which is what a lot of people call butter coffee, and they actually have a drink here. It's Crown Royal brown sugar and butter in coffee, and it's called the Mustang coffee. And I'm like. Ooh, that sounds so good because now I want to hear. Now I want to see what my bulletproof coffee tastes like if I put crown in it. Wow, I didn't even see that. <laughs> crown Royal brown sugar and butter with hot coffee. That sounds good. Yahtzee. That might be the third round. Except it's 117 <laughs> degrees, right? <laughs> Kenneth, what are you thinking? Yeah. So what's interesting to me is I, I like to drink wine, and there are a lot of South American wines from Chile and Argentina that I am unfamiliar with and I would love to try one one or six of them tonight. Yeah, we should say in the back of the menu there is an extensive 
uh, sparkling white and red wine menu, as well as uh, bottled and craft beer, draft beers, and a draft beer flight. There's also a number of different um, flavored iced teas, Joffrey Coffrey's, and again, the probably 20-plus uh, cocktails that you get. And you can also add a floating, a glowing lotus light to any beverage for only $4, which is included with the Annapurza, Annapurna Zing. So, all right, so we think we have our, our drink menus, drinks ready to go. How excited are you? <laughs> I'm so excited right now. This is pretty awesome. However, I, it's, everything's going to compare to the Pandora Boba Balls because that is still probably one of my favorite drinks in this entire land. Well, one thing I will say, and you know, talking about the, um, the atmosphere and the environment itself, there is something very, I mean, we're sitting on this huge U-shaped, very, very comfortable sofa outside um, overlooking the water. Inside, it's a very comfortable and very warm and welcoming. It's not, it's not fancy to the point of being um, formal, but you sometimes forget when you're here that you're inside a theme park. Yeah, that's one of the things I like the most about this space is that you completely forget that you are in Animal Kingdom. Um, and the way that they've situated the outdoor space, you're not looking out and you can't see any attractions or other parts of the park. You're actually looking out onto, you know, water and, and trees and there's mosquito netting around and, um, you know, dark wood everywhere and, and fans overhead. So it's you, you can definitely get lost in the space, which is, of course, the idea. And that's one of the things I, I love about this theming wise and what I, what I think makes this one of the exceptional lounge, lounges both in park or out park um, and it's also a nice way to like you said sort of pre-game and, and mm-hmm. Tiffin's is a whole nother dining review altogether. yeah I've got my first Tiffin's experience coming up in like two weeks oh you won't be disappointed uh, I, yeah I get Boathouse and Tiffin's in like the same week <laughs> that's a that's a tough week uh, to try and match up to so all right, Christian, what I think we'll do is why don't we let um, everyone order their drinks first, and then we'll attack the menu. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have the Lamu Libation, please. Yeah. Okay, I need to ask. Oh, boy. This is, you've seen when Harry met Sally, right? When she, it takes her like a half hour to order a sandwich, that's Becky ordering a cocktail. So make yourself comfortable. No, this is a very easy question. Which is, which one is the sweetest on the menu? Jen's tattoo. That's actually after Joe Rody's assistant. Really? That's the same tattoo as my back. Watermelon, and biscuits, kettle one vodka. I'm in. All right. Yes, I'm right here. That's right, we have, we have. Like to take a picture with you if you don't mind. She is, she is the biggest fan of your podcast. Me? Oh. Yes. Oh. oh. Oh, shucks. You might want to hit. Um... Uh oh. Uh oh. I knew. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. So, uh, all right. So, Michael, you were just about to order your. Yes. Uh, I want to do the coffee, but it's too hot. So, I'm going to do the sangria. Yes. Yeah, so looking at the wine list, there were two that jumped out at me. One was Concha y Toro, which is um, you know from Chile. And I was very familiar with that one because I drank a lot of it in business school. Um, and then the Tikal Natural Syrah Malbec blend, also from Argentina. Well, that's from Argentina. 
And since I've never had that one, and in the spirit of travel and adventure, that's what I'm going to go for. Organic grapes. Awesome. So I will, um, I will take one for the team and try one of the non-alcoholic versions. Do you like better the Balinese Breeze, which is the non-alcoholic version of the Delang's Delight, or the Happy... M- you like guava? Who doesn't like guava? How do you pronounce it? Happy macaque. Happy macaque. All right, I'll try the happy macaque. What does that name mean after? A monkey. A monkey. It's the non-alcoholic version of the night monkey. Which night night monkey sounds like a band from the 80s. Um, But let's get to the important stuff. Um, There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine items on the menu. Ten. Ten. Sorry, I miscounted. I got excited because I was going to count... Oh, with the churros. Well, let's slow, slow your roll, sister. Um, I think in the interest of, just make all this happen. Just even the churros as well. No, hold off on the churros for now. Lisa just threw her hands up like like a touchdown. Um, just for the benefit of of those around me, how many pieces of tuna ish come in a tuna to Three ounces. So around those, probably three or three point five ounces. Is that about how much you get sliced up? Uh, it varies about maybe probably five to seven pieces. So I will tell you guys how good the tuna is. Don't worry. You can take my word for it and see. What? Because we want to taste the tuna. Did I mention that Audio Tours and the 102 Ways book are both on sale for $10? Um, Maybe we should do. Should we do two? Is yes. that is that is that way? I do two. I eat them pretty fast. See, yeah. Christian's always oh, right. Oh man! Uh, don't forget, Christian's uh, always right. Christian I'll put it all yeah. in right now for you. All right, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Don't be surprised if I excuse myself right before the bill comes. Um, <laughs> so, um, so what we were talking before, you know, we've done a few other lounge reviews. Um, I think in the past I had done. Um, with my with a friend of mine, Chad, we talked about some of the other. What are some of your other favorite lounges on property, and what is it about them that you enjoy? I love Meisner's or Nisner's, however you pronounce that. Um, the thing I love about it is the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra there, just sort of adds an ambiance to it. Also, love the menu, the charcuterie there, the flatbreads are excellent, and of course, it's just a, a beautiful environment. Yeah, we did a live review with a buddy of mine, Frank, um, a couple of years ago, and I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. We, again, I think Grand Floridian sometimes gets a bad rap of being too fancy, too formal, um, and I didn't find it all. And you're right, with the orchestra playing in the background, you can sit over by, we sat there for hours um, by the windows just looking out over the property. It was beautiful. Anybody else have a favorite lounge? Uh, I guess it's less of a lounge, more of a bar. I'm... I'm Mr. Casual, so I love Chuck Lindsay's. Chuck Lindsay's at Disney Springs is my one of my favorite bars. I mean, they have the food during happy hour, but for me, I love just going in there and getting like a Captain and Coke and going out on the patio and sitting out over the water. It's one of my favorite places. So as of the date of this recording, I've been podcasting for almost 13 years. I have never repeated a topic, but I think I need to go back to Jock Lindsay's because since I've done, we enjoy, God, we had such a good time. We sat in the diving bell. We ate everything. So, Becky, I do a podcast about Disney World. I loved it, but they changed a lot of the menu. There's a whole new bunch of stuff on that menu. So we have a whole week. We can still go back and do that one. I am going to be so fat and so broke at the end of this week. I'll pay for um, that one. We'll go. I'll pay for that one. Do you have... Yes. Um, <laughs> do you want me to start? 
start naming them off? I'm actually, I'm actually curious. Give me one. 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 Just one. You know what? I I am pleasantly surprised. I'll, I'll start with a new one rather than an old one. Some, of course, there's going to be several more than one. The Edison. I just was at the Edison, had a wonderful lunch there, and there was not a lot to choose from. Kind of like this was a, a limited menu, but the atmosphere was really cool, and the service was awesome, and there was a lot of choices. Yes, yeah. that's where the, the spicy, sweet bacon, and they also have um, a version of the um, hard-boiled eggs, the, the deviled eggs, which were really good. Uh, but the choices of the menu from the, from the bar... <laughs> When you come down the stairs, they have a huge bar that's in a T. And I took this picture. There were so many bottles on that bar. There are so many choices. And the menu was huge just for the libations that you can, can come across. I think that's going to be a really popular place. It's, it's on the list of things to do. I believe, in, in the interest of fairness, in giving a restaurant mm-hmm. a few months to work out the kinks. Get their sort of rhythm and their mojo. I've heard nothing but good things so far. But I want to make sure to say it is definitely more of a bar and a lounge than it is a restaurant. So set your your brain accordingly for that because it really is more um, focused towards the alcohol. Thing. Well, I think what what the the and I don't want to misspeak, but my understanding when they first were were opening is it's meant to sort of be almost dual purpose. So during the day, it is a place to go in and have a, a meal, a comfortable meal not too formal but at night it does take on a very different um, atmosphere it's much more high energy Um, they don't allow and to your back no what do I they don't allow um, under 21 in after I believe 10 o'clock at night I do believe at nights and maybe only on weekends there's going to be a cover charge uh, or maybe only it might just be on weekends so it is meant to sort of go through a little bit of a transformation from day to night and the nighttime is going to be a little bit more edgy in its entertainment well a little bit more than that adults only it is adults only not for not for kids yeah, resort-wise, I think Wilderness Lodge and the Grand Floridian are my two go-tos. They're just gorgeous spaces, and I'm not going there to, like, eat a big meal or, obviously, just, you know, sit and have a drink and, and enjoy the ambience um, if I happen to be at the, the resort already. Um, Didn't you get, like, the pretzels and the little beer cheese fondue with the apples and the nuts? What? Are you talking about the place at Hollywood Studios? No, I'm talking about Wilderness Lodge, Territory oh, yeah, Lounge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, but the Edison, too, I, I, I had a great experience there, and I agree. I think it's definitely more of like an apps and drinks place. The cocktails there were phenomenal, and the, of course, hanging candied bacon on a clothesline and deviled eggs sitting on, I think it was prosciutto or it was something like that. Um, it was really, really good. Um, I don't know that I would, like, personally just go to the Edison to have a grilled cheese, but, like, to go and have, you know, the, the, the app menu and, and cocktails or to do something late night. It's, it's, it's a beautiful space. Another place that I really like, and you'll, you'll approve of this, which is outside at the boathouse. The lounge and the, the bar that's set up out there on the dock where you've got those private spaces you can sit in or just sit out on the water. And what a great place to not really, to people watch, but to boat watch with all of the, um, what are the, the amphicars going Around it's just a really fun place to sit there, have a cocktail, um, and their menu isn't that shabby either to choose from. But it's also it's it's also just a great place to to hang out and and watch people. So I, I enjoy that location. I'm really curious uh, tonight how this is going to go in terms of the food and the cocktail. Right again, I've been here a couple of times before. I've never ordered 
everything on the menu like we've done. Because I think, especially when you ter- in terms of theme parks, obviously Magic Kingdom doesn't have any... You know, when you think of Epcot, you're not necessarily thinking of lounges. You think of World Showcase. Um, I love the Brown Derby Lounge outside. When we reviewed that a year or two ago, I called it the best theme park restaurant that you probably never ate at because I was so very impressed. But this has such a different feel to it. It almost has the feel, again, of being like a private club. You know what I mean? Almost like that you're very much removed from the rest of the theme park. I think they did a really smart, uh, uh, it was very smart to sort of put this where it was to utilize the space the way they did because you don't feel like you're in the middle of all the hustle and bustle of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, you can hear the sounds, but what's neat, and as I look around, for the amount of space that you have, you can get a lot of capacity in here from the the way the seating is set up. We're sitting in a a U-shaped couch here, and we're seated five just fine. Across from us are little tables of two, but I really like the way that they have been able to put a lot of people in the space, and you don't feel like you're sitting on top of each other. And you also don't have the pedestrian walkway right in front of you. There is the bridge to Pandora, but it's set back and it's far away. You almost don't even notice it. And because the trees are so overgrown, there is so much foliage, the other bridge that leads from Pandora to to the other side of Africa, you don't see as well. And I think that's why I sort of feel that um, uh, somewhat removed very much from the theme park. Something you were talking about, the bridge, it, it is so far off and there's 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 water between us. You can't hear anything. You only hear the ambience. You only hear any the, what's going on outside, inside of Nomad Lounge. You can't even hear anybody, you know, walking by. Anybody, if a kid goes by, you know, screaming, you may not even hear them. And I, I, I really, really like that. Or so does Becky, cool. obviously. The other thing, too, is the, the music The music is not so loud that it's overpowering. Yeah. We're able to sit here and, and talk at, at a low voice. I'm really curious, again, because we have that, that overlap of the music and the sounds from Pandora, as that changes, you know, because Pandora, the, sound, the sounds change from the morning to the afternoon and again to the evening. We're here at dusk. I'm really curious and want to be very deliberately paying attention to how those sounds change throughout the course of our meal. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting is we are hearing it, and you're not, you're, you don't even know. It's like that that din of I don't know if you, whether you call that crickets or yeah. you you're hearing it right now, yeah. and it's and it just it feels like just sort of the the background music of of Africa is is outside so it's it it's it 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 all melts very well I'm very comfortable here like I'm incredibly comfortable out here you know what this reminds me a lot of the um the outdoor lounge at uh Wilderness Lodge the um I forgot Geyser Point Point, yes except that it has this exotic flavor to it and the sounds and atmosphere that only you could be only could be generated here in the park next to Pandora the only thing that would be better is when he brings out everything on the menu, including a couple of, of double-ups. Um, I'm super excited. Like, everything on that menu sounded good to me. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great choices for people who may not... I don't know why people would not like the tuna, but if somebody didn't, there's there's a good variety. And, a good- and there's vegetarian, obviously, the bread service. So, and, and I don't think anything here is... Because I think what happens sometimes, too, is they hear about restaurants, especially like at Disney's Animal Kingdom, 
Oh, Tiffin's, it might be too. I don't like spicy food. I don't right. like Indian food. I, I can't go to Marrakesh because everything's going to be spicy. And I don't think that is the way it's going to be here. I think sometimes there's just so, like, eating at Tiffin's, there's just enough of it to add depth of flavor, but not so much so that it makes it non-palatable for somebody who wants to be a little adventurous. Right. I think what's interesting, though, about the word spicy, because it really is relative depending on where you are. Theme park spicy can be me. I don't like spice. I barely like salt and pepper. So when when you do get a real spice and your mouth is on fire, you don't want to pay for the privilege of you know drinking as much as water as you can to put the fire out. It's not enjoyable for people who are you know, kind of sensitive to spice. But when you're in the theme park, and even over at Tiffin's, they had spicy things that really weren't spicy to me. So when you're at home and you're uh, eating at a local restaurant where spicy really is spicy, here they tend to dumb it down a little bit, or or so my experience has been. Well, you know, when I read this, when I came into this place, I expected the flavor profiles of the food to be a lot like maybe what you would get at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, a lot of uh, African and Indian overtones. But as you read this menu, it's really a lot of, it's it's not from one region of the world. You know, you have poutine, which is Canada, sort of comfort food, chicken satay, which you associate with Thailand, tuna tataki, you know, from Japan, and then you've got these beef sliders and pork ribs, which would essentially just be American kind of fare. So although, you know, you, you, you think of this place, that you, I'm going to eat a lot of exotic food, it's really not. You know, a very, it's very accessible looking food. I'll be interested after we actually taste it to see what, what it's like. As you were reading the menu, I felt myself starting to smile again, like just so excited for all this to come out. I was, you know, you were talking about spicy. I lived in Louisiana for almost 15 years. So me, I, I've got the stomach for spicy because, I mean, we don't, we don't do bland there. Um, so for me, spicy is good if it tastes good. If it's spicy just to be spicy, then I'm not a fan. But if it's spicy because it, it's part of the flavor, it's part of the experience, and it just comes with that, which is which is what I think you know Tiffins and Restaurant Marrakesh and things like that are. And for me, that's okay because it's so good that it's like, oh, it's spicy, but it's part of it. It's not just spicy to be spicy. There's a difference between spice for flavor and putting ghost pepper in right. just for the sake of saying that you had ghost pepper. Yeah, I think if this reminds me of any space, and this is probably a little bit misleading at the forefront, but I'd say like Skipper Canteen at Magic Kingdom, it's not a similar menu per se, but it's the same feel where it's like it's accessible, but you still have that feel where you're in a different location. And it's also the other restaurant that comes to mind where you're in a theme park and can very, very easily forget that you're there. So it's, it's a similar, like the kind of experience that I feel like I have where I've been removed from Magic Kingdom when I'm sitting at Skipper Canteen, you know, much more so, but it's the same idea of sitting sitting here at Animal Kingdom. Well, I think that's a good a good example because I think these the, these two represent what has started to become a shift in the way Disney is uh, offering dining experiences, especially in the parks. For so long, the reputation was Walt Disney World is where you went and had hamburgers and chicken nuggets and hot dogs. And I said, and I still believe that some of the best meals I have ever had on the planet I've had at Disney. You no longer need to leave the theme park in order to have it. I think Tiffin's represents that. I think Skipper Canteen was a game changer in Magic Kingdom 
in terms of what they offered, the environment that they offered it in. Magic Kingdom needed another sit-down restaurant, but what it didn't realize it needed was something like that, something that offered a wide variety of flavor profiles, inspiration from different parts of the world, and here comes Christian with all of your cocktails. Yes. Those are uh, ground coffee beans on top, by the way, for you. Oh. And then we have Jen Satsu with a Mona hibiscus flower on top. Ooh. And a lime wheel, you can eat the flower. Really? Yes, ma'am. And then we have Lamu Libation, which I believe was right here. <laughs> the Gossip 151 floater. And a Sinaloa Sangria. I garnished it real pretty for you. There you go. I was gonna say all the all the drinks are beautiful in terms of their presentation. I have a flower on mine. A floating flower. <laughs> That's really cool. I've never heard of. I've never seen a beverage that you got and a flower edible. that you can, you can eat. eat. Yeah, that's cool. Are you gonna eat it? Uh, yeah, of course. It's not like eating the worm. It's like it's, I mean that's actually a very pretty flower up on top. Yeah, and. All that's good. All that's good. I just want to add something. Obviously, this is audio, so you can't see it. But um, so. you know, you you got wine. And Christian is actually doing the proper wine presentation. He showed Kenneth the bottle label. He's opening it here at the table. We'll see if he does the whole thing with the cork. You know, as as a, now as, he's got to now. as someone <laughs> as someone who's spent a many 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 years in the service industry, there is an art to wine bottle presentation. It's not just opening a bottle. So that's cool that he ordered a glass and we're getting bottle presentation. That's like, pretty where's awesome. Where's the saber to take off the head? <laughs> right. Where's the sword, Christian? <laughs> Sorry, watch you break the cord. I'd actually like you to decant that, please. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what I mean. I think that's a good point because I think that illustrates what we were just saying. How many of you remember that we're inside Disney's Animal Kingdom, right? Think back to when you first started coming here, the dining options that were here. Mm -hmm. Flame Tree, for years for me, and and I still love me some Flame Tree, but I thought that was the, the best theme park food at Animal Kingdom. I thought Yak and Yeti change that both the outside counter service and then inside and I think Tiffin's and Nomad Lounge again raises the bar very very high not just in terms of types of food but quality of food and the level of service that you get with it again you know it's something as simple as the wine presentation but everything speaks Uh, everything speaks in every little detail like that that counts anything else no, I mean, I think Animal Kingdom has always sort of been next level as far as food. I mean, the food that you walk up and get from carts at Animal Kingdom is, I think, some of the best on property. Oh, the samosas are soaked. Uh, Mr. Kamal samosa. How am I even thinking about more food? I haven't even had this food yet. No, but I mean, this, this is this is the, the next level sort of. But I feel like the, the food offerings at Animal Kingdom is, have always melded so well with what the park is all about and the feel of the park. Um, you know... It, Magic Kingdom, the kind of food that you're walking up and getting and getting quickly is more is more hot dogs and chicken nuggets, even though there's there are better restaurants now. But Animal Kingdom, I think to me, has always been largely about the food, um, so it's appropriate that this restaurant is here. And again, I'm I'm trying to pull all of these cocktails together so we can get a picture because they're beautiful. The the presentation of all, <laughs> can you tell the uh, as we all try and take pictures all at the exact same time? I wanted to get a picture of all of you taking pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, first things first, cheers, my friends, fellow members of the WW Radio Nation, by the way. It is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here. I'm super excited. I missed you. Cheers. So, all right, let's go ladies first. Ooh, 
Ooh, in a good way. I wasn't expecting that. And I can't really tell you what it is. I, I can I can taste the hints of watermelon. Yeah, it really does. It, it's it's a really unique flavor. Um, it's refreshing. It has a really strong hint of the lime to it, but it balances really nice to the um, spice, for lack of a better word, of the hibiscus. I, I really like it. It's good. Yeah, so I got the Lamu Libation, um, which has rum, banana rum, guava, orange, lime, and pineapple. The pineapple is, is definitely the strongest flavor in here. Sorry, and a little guava. It's very poly in its taste. It's very good. Very poly? You know, it's like oh. a drink you'd get at the Polynesian. <laughs> it has that taste. It's like the pine... The, what's it called? The, the pineapple... Yeah. The pineapple. It's, the it's pineapple a very one. sweet. It's a very... It, 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 it's probably not as sweet as it is. It's got a, a, it's an not, herb spice to it. It's like a, it doesn't have an herb spice to it, but it's very citrus. It's The, it, it, the pineapple and guava are the, definitely the, the main flavors. And I got the sangria, which is a South American sangria. It's made with Miguel Torres rosé wine, uh, Barcel Quibranta Pisco. I probably said that wrong. And uh, fresh fruit. So it looks fantastic. It's a really pretty drink. Mm-hmm. I am very happy with the wine. I'm so glad that I ventured out and tried. This is a blend of Malbec and Syrah. Heavy, heavy on the oak. And uh, very fruit forward, but dry, and I love it. It's great. What a beautiful like way to describe it. So I had the uh, happy macaque, <laughs> happy macaque, which is the non-alcoholic version of the night monkey. What? I really like this because he said there's a little like a, a sprinkling of coffee grounds, but you almost you, you taste the coffee in. The, the drink itself, which cuts a little bit of the sweetness. I don't like, unlike Becky, I don't like things that are very, very sweet. Like, I could drink that. that that's really nice. You guys can all, I mean, use your own straws, but you guys can have a sip. Um, that's really nice. And then the presentation of the Night Monkey, a little bit different than this. Um, that comes in a martini glass. This comes in a, in a highball glass. Um, but these are all really nice. I really like these. Would you order all, all of you? I, I, Lisa, you obviously order this all the time, but you guys would order that again? Absolutely. I like it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, if we would just bring all of our small plates, I would be... I would, we, <laughs> be we need to start clearing room at this table because when he comes by, there's not going to be enough room. <laughs> can we get these in to-go cups next time we're here so we can keep walking around? <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is like the perfect place. So the charcuterie board and the accompaniments board, again, beautiful presentation. Can you sort of take us through what we're about to devour? So we have our artisanal cheeses. It'll start off with a purple haze, a Thomasville tome, then a devil's gulch, which has sweet pepper flakes in the rinds, a point raised blue cheese with local Orlando honeycomb of our fig almond cake. The cubes are passion fruit patafui. We have our Marcona almonds that are dusted in cardamom. And then we have our Spanish torta. I think it personally tastes like black licorice. Really delicious, though. I think it pairs perfectly. Which one is that? Oh, bread right there. Yes, sir. And then we'll move on to the charcuterie board for you. So we'll have our calabrese there, some more Spanish torta, duck riette with maldon salt, our wagyu bologna with uh, capers and olive marmalade on top. You are amazing. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, wait a minute. We have 
We have too much. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. With a charred lime on the side to bring out the honey lime glaze. We have the chicken satay that has a lightly vinegared uh, cucumber and red onion slaw on the side. Yum. Your poutine here, I'm actually going to cut down on plates. has a brisket gravy and then our house-made mozzarella and brisket. Oh my. And oh my gosh, this charcuterie is so popular. We have our pad thai here. I'm just going to put it right here next to your plate. <laughs> Topped with some fresh uh, lime and our peanuts. And then we have the wonderful tuna that's topped with red onion and citrus vinaigrette. So, our citrus <laughs> salt. That looks pretty fabulous. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this to you to take you take pictures and I'll start diving in so wow we try hot things first yes yeah. I think that's a really smart idea I, um, stay away from that got it yeah um, and the satay that's the satay, that's the satay. The those are the only uh, spicier items that we have wow are they really spicy or is it it's just a light heat uh, spice to it okay nothing too crazy okay so I'm going to say first things first once again, the presentation, like each of the dishes, like the pad thai comes in, it's like a porcelain Chinese takeout bowl. Yeah. I, when he put that down, I was like, oh my God, I love this dish. And the poutine comes in like a terrine, like a, a, a nice big bowl. Like that just looks phenomenal. The charcuterie board comes on a wood block and all my tuna tataki that's it's sitting there waiting for me, there. it's all the way over here away from you guys. It... First of all, there's a lot more tuna on there than I anticipated, which makes me super, super excited. Seven or eight slices per dish, and we got two, so that's nice. Um, but I think we need to start. I think Kenneth, you got a great idea. Let's start handing out forks. You know what? Why don't you guys start digging into the ribs that don't need forks, and we'll just start uh, having at it. Yeah. Lisa, if you could just do me a favor and just start distributing some forks to people. Because you know the rule, guys. If, if you go shy, you go hungry. So this is... Um... Get Kenneth. Grab, just grab something, man. Well, grab a rib. Just keep winking at Grab me. a rib, man. How many ribs are there? There's four. So you have... You know what? You have... No, no. You take my part of the rib because I'm going to eat all of your pad thai. Look at you with the chopsticks. Yeah, brother. Come on. It's only one set of chopsticks. You don't want to put that back in there right now. Hold on, let us. Listen, I, I told you, cooties I know. don't exist here. Like now, all of a sudden, you're going to be worried about my cooties? Oh. Go for it. That's yummy. And it's not spicy at all. Good. Even I'm going to like it? I hope not, because I want to have more of it. Good. Okay. Oh my God, there's more. What? No. <laughs> Okay. Oh, if it's tuna, that can. All the sliders. It's our beef slider, fresh tomato, It's all right. We'll have to. Enjoy. It's in my pocket, but I'm out of hands. Okay, so these ribs. That is good. These ribs are amazing. There's a. There's no sauce on them. The the ribs are absolutely amazing. There's. There's no sauce. It's sort of a sweet uh, dry rub, which is really unusual, um, but very. So, so if you had to compare them to, you know, are they a Memphis ribs or are they St. Louis ribs or are they Kansas City ribs? Why are you touching my pad thai? Good. So I would much prefer these to Rendezvous, which I've had um, in Memphis. 
Um, but there, there are Memphis ribs that would stack up, but I would challenge anybody listening from Memphis to come and try these wow. for sure. Dude, that's that's the, the, the Memphis people are getting up in arms with that. Michael, how do you do? You concur? Um, I've never had Memphis ribs that I know of, but I will speak on to the tenderness of these. Um, you almost when you go to bite into when you go to get some of the meat off the bone, you kind of have to watch yourself because it almost falls right off. It's these are probably the most tender ribs I've ever eaten, and they're so good, so good. All right, I take back what I said. Wait, what are you doing? Yeah, they're You can, I guess, the, since here. the ribs are gone now, you no, can. Here. No, 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 just it came right off. No, it's all right, man. Yeah, just give me a tiny I little taste. Right See, look at me. I know how to share. I, I understand the sharing concept. Help me out here. I'm, all, listen, I'm holding the recorder. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take the whole thing. Take the whole thing and put it there. Here's a line. There you go. Good, yeah. good job. Are you eating that, Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my. Wait a minute. I would probably add a dash of salt but... I'll bet you the lime. That's so different. Did you have the lime? I didn't, but that's so different than a traditional. No, it's okay. You can have it. No, it's all right. You have it. Look, I'm going to eat all your tuna. Um, right? Oh, my God. That is so good. That is so good. Because that's not like a Chinese spare rib. No. It's, it's not like a Morimoto rib. It is that dry rub, but there's almost a... It's not a very vinegary, but it's almost like a little bit of a, a sweetness to it. Yeah, it's not as sweet like a Morimoto rip, though. It doesn't have that right. super sweet taste right. to it's it. It's not glaze. It's not that glaze on yes. it. Right. It's more like a barbecue, like off the grill kind of blackened taste. A little smoky. Yeah. That's I would definitely order that again. And you got four pretty good sized, nice meaty ribs there. And I think I don't know if I mentioned. All these look like they run between $10, $15, somewhere around there for each of those. So that's a big hit. Yeah. If we had, if, if we were scoring that, we would give that fives all around yes. without a doubt. Um, for those of you that can, who have been eating the uh, the pad thai with me, have you tried it yet, Mike? I have not. That is my next step. Right, they said that that was supposed to be spicy. It's not spicy. It's got a, a little bit of a a flavor to it. Mm-hmm. It's flavored nicely, right. but it's not spicy. It's not hot. You, a, you, you feel the, the the spicy flavor in your yeah. mouth, but not so much so that it's offensive. Right. Yeah, I can't do heavy spice um, at all. It, it has a it has a literal spice. Like you can taste the the you know, the, the seasoning of it. Mm. It creeps up on you as you eat. Um, but no, and it's it's lighter than a lot of pad thais. The noodles are very light, and it's not very eggy. It's very good. It's very good. I think you could actually order the ribs and the pad thai and have a, a meal. Those two together, that's actually yeah. would be a meal. I really like that because you're right. Sometimes pad thai can be very very heavy. Mm-hmm. That's not at all. And there's just it, it that that spice sits on your tongue when you're done. That's. That's a big winner right there. The ribs were so two minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so, Kenneth, that, I don't know. I heard a little something. The poutine is sitting right in front of you. Why don't you, why don't you dig into the poutine first? Again, it's a pretty hefty-sized portion of poutine. I'm sorry, okay. My frame of reference was going like to the daily poutine in terms of portion size. Um, 
I need to ask something, though, because I've never had poutine. So my question is, it looks like fries with a whole bunch of stuff thrown on top. So okay, just slow me. down because you, you, it's tough to get Canadians mad, but that might have gotten well, Canadians I mean, mad. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm looking at that. So poutine thing. is yes. French fries. Yes. With Traditionally, it's got sort of a brown gravy, like a, like a Thanksgiving turkey gravy. Okay. And cheese curds. It, it's, it, it's not cheese whiz. It's not <laughs> melted cheese. Like, it's actual cheese curds. So there's a, a texture to the cheese curds. There's almost a little bit of a, of a chewy, yeah. They, they squeak. There's a chewiness to them. But when done right, man, there ain't nothing like some good poutine. Like that stick to your ribs comfort food. And these, these, this poutine actually has little chips of beef brisket, which I'm very excited about okay. to try. I know purists might think that's an adulteration, but it looks really good. So the way it's presented is um, dry with just the fries, the cheese curds, and cheap, uh, chips of brisket. And then the gravy comes on the side, and you can add as much or as little as you like. looks great. And you got to get the squeaky, squeaky cheese. If you're not, oh, I got a little bit. Yeah, I and well, we can see when we when we eat it. But according to the menu, it's actually a house made mozzarella. So it's their spin on it. So it, it looks like a fresh mozzarella, maybe. So if it doesn't squeak for you, that's why. And then it, of course it has the brisket. Um, and it, it's interesting because it's not served with the gravy on it. I'm kind of used to poutine like kind of sitting in the sauce and getting soft like that. And this is. I'll be interested to see if it's how different it is. Yeah, how it was presented was why it looked like just fries with right. some stuff on top because it's normally it's presented that way with gravy on a pile. Of- so as I moved the gravy from your plate, I got them on my fingers, which of course I had to. Why are you moving the poutine back to Kenneth? What are you insane, woman? Um, that wasn't me, by the way. I want to be clear. that. Um, <laughs> that gravy has a really nice flavor to it. Gosh, you've got to try that, Lou. It is just to die for. It's delicious. Listen, Kenneth, I, I never met a French fry I didn't like. I'm going to do this because I'm doing this one-handed. I'm dipping it. Yeah, I like how you think. Do that again. Mm-hmm. I am I am scraping the gravy with my fork, but I'm about to go with my finger because we're amongst friends and uh, I don't care. So. That's wonderful. The, the the gravy is really really good, and the mozzarella is squeaking yeah. for me. It's they've made a cheese curd mozzarella. I was afraid after the the profile and the the, the layers of flavor that the pad thai had and the ribs had that the poutine would almost feel bland after that, and I don't think so at all. It's good. It's very very different, and I don't know what sort of little magical mojo they put in that gravy but that's delicious let me do you know what let me just try it one more time because i'm not really sure if i had the full experience thank you just get some brisket on there just pour it on go ahead oh look at that that's lovely Mm. i could drink that gravy out of the cup and I would have no qualms about doing it because nobody is videotaping. <laughs> Since I'm the new person to it, I'm going to have another one because I don't think I quite got the full effect of what poutine should be. Do that. This is your first interview. You, all of Canada is applauding you. Have that last one. And Go ahead. Like it. it's good. Because you don't like more of the spicy stuff, so I will gift. I will gift my fry to you, oh, which I don't normally I do. No, I was going to say, wait a minute. You're giving me food. Did you spit in it? What? Wow. <laughs> 
you are giving away food. I mean, let's think about it. Everybody who's listening right now understands how big of a deal that was right there. So I'm just going to kill this last little taste of pad thai here just because it's sitting in front of me. So thank you. And also because I see the tuna over there and I know that that's going to, that'll be the thing that will be attacked. So many. Hmm. I really like this pad thai. Right. I, mm-hmm. I really like the pad thai. That was... We can ditch so, that. So, so far, the pad thai <laughs> We're done with that. has been my favorite thing. Right, so I think the the pad thai has the um, the, the, the I don't want to say the strongest flavor, but in terms of spice and depth, I think. What was the first thing we had again? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, the ribs. Oh, I forgot how good the ribs were too. But see, we, we've gone from ribs to pad thai to poutine, but so far the pad thai has actually been my favorite yeah. thing. So that tells you how good the pad thai is because a lot of times when you're eating you know, a lot of stuff like this, you can kind of fall into the, the your favorite thing was the last thing you ate, which we've we've now moved on. And I'm I'm kind of wishing we had another pad thai. Listen. The night's still young. The, the park doesn't close until late. Which, by the way, do you remember when Animal Kingdom used to close at 5 o'clock? Yeah. Like, you know, it very much was the half-day park. Now look at this. And again, we were paying attention. We noticed the sounds of Pandora have changed. The animals that were out foraging throughout the day have now gone away because the predators are out. And you've heard, right, well, somebody, one of you said you heard a banshee sort of screech in the background the crickets or their version of crickets have come out. The the nocturnal animals are emerging and all the daytime animals are gone. Speaking of daytime animals that taste delicious, let's hit that chicken satay. <laughs> so one thing we, we didn't know when we first started, um, Kenneth has a, a peanut allergy. They were very hyper aware of that and were very vigilant in terms of coming over, offering alternatives, Asking exactly, you know, the, the the scope and the breadth of the allergy to make sure there was no issue with cross-contamination. Um, now, have you ever had chicken satay before? Yes, I have. Several times. It's, it's pretty common on convention services menus, no matter where you go across the United States. So, it's a very common uh, dish. And Lisa, what did you, what, what sort of little accoutrement comes with that? So it's a it's a cucumber and red onion salad. It looks like it's on the side. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to assume it's with like a vinegar sauce. Wow. Mm. So the oh. thing with chicken satay is that sometimes they are dry, but when you add that peanut sauce, and it really it's cooked really well, it is um, very moist chicken. Add that peanut sauce, and it's a great flavor. That's wonderful. Mm. I like it. See, and I have no problem with the word moist. I, I don't like that word. <laughs> what movie? All right, ready? What movie? The night know. was moist. moist. What what movie? It had to be from the train. Oh, see, Kenneth, this is why we're friends. Wow. What do you so? What do you think of this? This is so good. The peanut sauce is very very rich, and the um, cucumber and red onion salad with vinegar that's that's with it cuts that really nicely. The chicken is really moist. You get a very big piece of it. But this is another. It's almost like a super silky. Yeah creamy peanut butter on top and you get that crunch from the cucumbers oh it's almost like we've dipped it into a jar of peanut butter because it is that rich but it's not it's not um it's not super sweet right it's not a a very sugary peanut sauce i I love the textural differences when you get that little bit of crunch 
it's almost like an organic peanut butter that doesn't have a lot of stuff added to it. It really is just, you know, the peanut, and the, you know, it's, just, it's almost like an organic or all-natural peanut butter. Like, it's got that texture and that taste and that creaminess, but not the sugar, not the sweetness. You guys are killing me. This smells delicious. It, Kenneth, it's awful. You know what you should be doing, though, is handing out some of those sliders. <laughs> yeah, cut them up for us. No, but it's, it's interesting. It definitely, and you all said the same exact thing when I bit into it. The first thing that I thought was that it's more of a peanut butter taste yeah. than a peanut sauce taste. And I'm not a big peanut butter eater because I don't like the additives in it. It just it just doesn't taste good to me. Um, but this was, it was the, the, the richness of a peanut butter. It was very good. I eat peanut butter every single day. So I love, love, love peanut butter. Thank you. So there are two... Uh, probably softball size sliders with some little mm, like oh mm. what, what is mm. oh what are they? oh don't no, don't hand those potatoes out nobody else is gonna like those you should just give me I thought they were just like a little roast right I thought they were like a little roasted like fingerling potato vinegar that's what it they is they have vinegar on them shut your face Kenneth you don't want those do you Oh, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you do. Oh, and it's got a, like an aftertaste to it. That's really good, though. It's not... Oh, I explain my gosh. that. It, so I, I grew up in, in Maryland, and we would go to the beach there, and Thrasher's Fries were those big, heavy fries that you would put the, vin- the malt vinegar on them, and it has that taste. It reminds that, that, it's a malt vinegar. You're right. It reminds me of being on the beach. And it's not... It, listen, Baltimore's not the beach. Seaside Heights, yo. That's the beach. Seaside Heights cruising up and down your I Rock Z T tops down. I'm not saying that was me. (laughs) Mike Ruffin, how good are those? This, those were fantastic. I haven't even tried the slider yet, which was the thing that I was the most excited about on the menu. I, I, I've eaten the side dish that goes with the, the sliders, and I absolutely love that. So now I'm really excited about the slider. I want a side of just the potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I tasted those potatoes, I was the last one there, and it was really hard to leave what we call the manners in the South, which <laughs> you always leave one piece on the plate. That was hard to do this time. So someone might want to eat the manners, but I can't. It's, it's sort of part of the Southern code. You can't eat the manners. I can vouch for this. Right there. Apparently, Seattle and Jersey, we have no problem. No, go ahead. You can have it. I'll be a gentleman. I'll be a gentleman. That's yummy. Like, I would order a plate of those without a doubt. I'm going to be the one downer. The slider is a little too sweet for me. Wow. I know it's... um, It's not my favorite. It's still good. I, I It's not bad by any choice, but it's it's not my favorite dish. So it's the Wagyu beef. It's not... When, if you bite into it expecting a burger, you're not going to get the taste that you want. It almost has more of like a... the meat that you'd have like on a cheesesteak kind of shaved taste. Um, so if you go in expecting that in the bite and then there's a lot of spices in it, that's that's what I'm getting from it more. It's not a burger. It doesn't matter. Which, which, like a marbly but that's, I'm happy that it's not. I didn't, I was yeah. afraid when I saw them come out, like, oh no, this is going to be the pedestrian item on the menu. It's going to taste like a slider. Right. I was, I went into it thinking slider, like a burger, and it's almost, pulled pork is probably the closest yes. thing I could, yeah. I could think 
to think about. Um, like a yeah, but not like a barbecue pork. You know, pulled pork. It doesn't have a like a thick, heavy barbecue sauce or anything like that. You know, it it is the most American thing probably on the menu, but it doesn't taste that way. It still has that adventurous, like world traveling kind of flavor and texture to it. It does have that. You know what I'm disappointed about? Mm. Is that Becky said she didn't like it, but when I looked over at her plate, there was none left. Because well, I was I hoping for some extras. <laughs> no, I'll have to say, Becky, that I don't know how to describe the slider, but I can tell you that the flavor is greatly enhanced by the Tikal Syrah Malbec Blend 2013. <laughs> oh, really? I, it pairs say, I wonder how the pairings between yes. the wines and the cocktails are doing with these as well. Now, see, I really see like I that because yeah. I like, well, see, I say, I like the like spices. The spice. I love those so, African spices. And that's the thing. We're having... Oh, look at the tuna. Yay! We're having a an international culinary journey in one location. Food and Wine Festival, Flower and Garden, all that walking, you don't need to do that. You know, <laughs> right? We've been doing it all wrong all these years. You just sit here. Right, and Kristen brings you more. Right, here the food walks to you. And Kristen brings you alcoholic beverages. This is a great thing. Yes, in regular adult size glasses. Wow, that is the that is the best part. So I like it. So I'm literally eating the little piece of my bread that there's no meat in it left in it. But I like the fact that there's still some of. a little bit of stuff on it, but you you know my spice palette. I'm not that adventurous when it comes to spice, so that might be just at the level of me where I'm. Yeah, that's not exactly because it's not what a heat. It's not a heat spice. No, it's not. It's a spicy spice. But it, you do get an aftertaste, and my I do feel a little bit of heat in my mouth still. Next time, don't waste the rest of that on you. Oh, you got just it. just it's all pass yours. it over to me. It's all yours. Speaking of passing it over to me, um, there are is not one, but two. Count them two trays. <laughs> of tuna tataki. Yeah, we don't even have to cut these. First thing first, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's about eight pieces of... I'm pleasantly surprised. I was honestly expecting a very thinly sliced, thin shave piece of tuna, maybe three or four pieces. That's why I got nervous and ordered two. There's eight pieces on there. It's perfectly seared on the outside. Look, you get that little bit of white, and it's it's that... um, that beautiful reddish pink on the inside. Tuna is my like kryptonite. Like I love me some tuna. So tuna is my favorite type of fish. Uh, it's my favorite type of sushi. Like tuna, tuna is my favorite type of fish. It's my favorite type of sushi. Uh, anywhere I go, like a nice seafood restaurant, if I'm not in the mood for a steak, if I want something really good, like of good fish, if they have a good tuna fillet, that, then this looks beautifully cooked. It's beautifully done. It was just like a Apollo when you're sitting there and you're looking between the filet mignon, which is their signature dish. I've actually found that their tuna steak oh. is incredible. Mm. Yes? So before I do this, does anybody want mm. some of the pot liquor on theirs? Oh, that oh. sear that is and awesome. that. So what is it, like a, a peppercorn? Yeah, peppercorn crust. Has a peppercorn crust on there, seared rare. Very delicious. That panzu sauce really makes it on the oh, bottom. Man. Are wow. you kidding me? Yeah. So the heat is coming from the peppercorn. Yeah, so yeah. Becky, you probably don't want any more of that, do you? Well, you know, the funny part is... <laughs> please please say you don't it want is, it. Please say you don't want it more. I can go around the edges and get rid of some of the peppercorn no, 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 and that, even it out. That's a waste. Because the flavor of the tuna itself 
is fantastic. So I'm sorry, you're not getting any of my tuna because I'm just going to take off some of the peppercorn and enjoy every slice on the plate. See, so for me, I love the pepper. You sort of feel it on the perimeter of your tongue. And you get the sweetness of the tuna and the ponzu sauce in the middle. It's so good. I could do that all day, all night long. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And I got the end piece. Mm-hmm. So I was doling them out, so I got the good, yeah, that sear with the, with the peppercorn. And it's got like a, um, is that like a, like a really thinly shaved red onion on it? I mean, it doesn't have an onion taste, but it just gives it a little bit of a, of a texture. It's, that's phenomenal. And it's it's a it is a potent potent taste. I'm glad that we yeah. tackled it late later in the game because it's it's definitely dominating my my Be- mouth. Right Becky's now. pulling a Meg Ryan and she's shaving the pepper off her tuna. I'm not judging, but I just want to just just, just I'm just, just narrating. Just want me to nibble the edges off for you? Because <laughs> she'll do it. Like I'm <laughs> adjusting for flavor. I'm adjusting to taste. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Lisa. This is an overpowering peppercorn kind of flavor. So you don't want to eat this first if you have some more delicate flavors coming because your mouth now is sort of reverberating with the with the hot pepper. But not so much so that it, it detracts from the flavor of the tuna, and I think the, the sweet ponzu sauce offers a really nice balance to that. There's been times that I've had... Keep talking, I'm eating. ...where I've tried to do the scrape off and it doesn't work, and I've abandoned the tuna, which that means it's really hot. This, at least, I can adjust to taste. And I know I've handed you plates of my tuna before and just gone, you know, go ahead and finish this because it was too spicy. This is at my, um, at the turning point where if it was any more peppercorn on it, it'd be too much. And knowing Disney, if you came in with that specific preference just yourself and you asked them to sort of do a, a little bit less or not at all, I, I think they would certainly yeah, they would cater to that. So we got the, that. That's what it tastes like un, unchanged. But I'm sure if you came in and asked for a lighter version of it, they would do that. Right, exactly as the, the chef wanted it to be prepared is how it was prepared for us here. But there have been several times where I've gone to restaurants and said, "Okay, how spicy is that? Be honest with me. They'll tell me, and I'll say, "Is there a way that you can just do sear with just a really light seasoning?" And it's been fantastic. So I'm sure that would be the same here because the quality of this tuna is amazing. I think that probably has, because of the the peppercorn um, sear on the outside, that probably has the most intense of the flavors. I think probably followed by the the pad thai. Not in, again, in an offensive kind of way. I think it really complements the tuna really well. Like, I like a little bit of spice and heat. I, it's still there. That's and I like, but it see, I like there. the fact that it's still there. I like the fact that it sits there it's got a little bit. It. Right. It's not just that it's hot. There's definitely a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling and flavor to it. I love the way I, I, I like peppercorn, and I will I will agree that this was a little much. I think I also at the end my last piece was kind of a corner piece, so I had the, you know, a lot of the peppercorn, uh, and I took it all in one bite. So that was a little bit too much, um, but. I love peppercorn. Like, for me, salt and pepper can go so far if you know what you're doing with them. 
So a good cracked pepper like that, if you know what you're doing with it, can go. it's all you need. So that was delicious. I honestly couldn't tell you anything else that was on it because the tuna was so good and the peppercorn was so overwhelming that there could have been something else on it and I couldn't have told you what it was. Note to self, don't give Michael an end piece next time. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not complaining. No, but I'm actually very excited that one of the couple of things that's left is this artisanal cheese plate with the you know creamy potent cheeses and honeycomb. And But I'm worried. Think- I'm worried about because I think we have to do the meats next and I think the I flavors are going to feel... I will say, though, if I was coming here, and I, I have sampled most, most of the menu before, because it, it, the whole menu looks so good that every time you come, you want to try something new. But I think the, the tuna tataki and the art, and I haven't even had it yet, but I'm guessing the artisanal cheeses would be a really good pairing, because I'm sitting here looking at the artisanal cheeses and honeycomb and thinking about how well that would complement the, the, the peppercorn that's sitting in my mouth. Remember the ribs? I do remember the ribs, though. I do. Yeah. Remember the chicken? They were, yeah. I mean, have some brown red pepper on one of the cheeses, right? On the top of this one? Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Why don't let's dig into the uh, the wide variety of, and again, there's a lot of meat on that plate. I don't remember most of what they are, so dig in. Have at it. Don't be Wait, shy. Is there anybody up for some duck? No. Sure. I, I'll try I anything once, duck. man. Definitely something I'm not. I'm not. I can't see that. So I don't know that we got the bread service. We didn't. What? Wait a minute. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get the bread. We didn't get the bread service. Well, oh, Christian. I think we. Well, we need to remember that stat because then the bread. Oh, there he is. And the yeah. Perfect timing. Really, yeah, the the bread is going to do a lot for what's sitting in my palate right now. <laughs> We're like a pack of like rabbit hyenas waiting to pounce on the poor guy. It, it speaks volumes that we've eaten everything that we have, and we're like, like trying to flag down our waiter. Can I just point out that uh, this lovely couple that's been sitting across from us this entire time watched as every plate of on the menu came out here. And I'm trying to now see what they ended up getting, but they just got their food. It looks like she got the tuna. And I can't tell what he got. I think he got the chicken. But see, they eat like normal people. They <laughs> ordered one item for each and not 17 items. What I'm saying is is even even people who may not be, you know, listeners of the show can can look at you and us and know <laughs> if they have questions about Disney food, we're the people no, that you no, go to. They're looking at us going, these people have no self-control. I'm working. I'm working. Me too. I don't know about these people. I don't want to leave people with questions at you the end what? of a show. You're a giver. I, I don't You're want, a... I am a giver and I don't want anybody to listen to a show and then come to this place and not know about one of the right. dishes. And that's why we, we had to You're make sure with a bread service podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Do you really have to we're not. Up? Do we're not really doing this. Right we're not doing this for us. Of all people, we're doing this. Would not be the kiss all right. right. So is this the? Okay. So is this the? This. When I first saw it, I thought it was a pate because it it has just from a distance and my old man eyesight. But it's actually the consistency of a scrapple. If you're from Pennsylvania, I, I made to me it was like a crab cake. Yeah. It was like a shredded crab cake. Yeah, but it, um, yeah. so if you've eaten scrapple before or crab cake, it's like that kind of... Um, Ooh, it's good, it is delicious. It's not gamey at all or anything. Duck duck can be very gamey. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 almost overwhelmingly so. So, but I, crab cake in or the like consistency of the of the crab meat you would put inside of a crab cake is that that is an that's a very very accurate description of the texture of it. But it doesn't have a very gamey. It has a good flavor that's not gamey at all. Yeah, I would say I would describe the flavor as umami. There's a lot of umami there, um, and you know you really get the strong essence of duck there it's sort of like if you could boil duck down to a reduction that's what you would get i love the fact that you're the guy that pulled in umami in this conversation i was waiting for it from you you we're, we're bonding i'm looking at you across the table man and uh, we had a moment just there i haven't gotten the mic yet <laughs> no okay so first of all again if you're from maryland don't be fooled by the crab cake description because it's 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 a shredded consistency it's not lumps of anything but it almost reminds me of like a thanksgiving dinner the like the good dark meat turkey it doesn't duck to me sometimes is a little too greasy is an ugly word but it's it's got that oily sort of fight back consistency it's almost like a dark meat turkey with the richness of the duck. It's very, very good. It's very, very good. <laughs> duck, duck, duck can be chewy. Also, it can kind of give you that feeling of almost like you kind of have to work with it. It's not an easy thing to chew and to to, to eat. This, because it is shredded, maybe that cuts down on that chewiness, but dark meat turkey, like very dark turkey. And I think duck is one of those um, meats and foods. No, it's got to be prepared correctly. Yeah. Like when we went to China and we had Peking Peking duck duck. in Beijing, I became a duck aficionado because that's... And I don't like duck, per se, because of the the gamey taste or or the greasy taste, the oily taste to it. But the Peking duck was amazing. It It was really good. Okay, I don't know what that one is over there, but we gotta cut that bad boy up. This one? Yeah. This is bologna. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's bologna. Isn't yes. It? That's how they introduced it. What's on top? I need some of that. Um, it looks like a sun dried tomato paste, but we'll find out. Chop it up, man. Let's just see what it is. You know, my bologna, it, it has a first, first name. name. Okay. Yeah. Is, it, is it N-O-M-A-D? Thank you. I'll take a little, a little slice. Just to... Would you like some of the paste? Um, oh. Oh? Oh. So, olive okay. So, Kenneth is calling that bologna. I'm sure that's not what it says in the menu. What what actually is that? So, it's an actually a Wagyu bologna with capers inside. With an olive marmalade on top. But you left the Wagyu part off the bologna. <laughs> I'm waiting over here. Stop. It's a fancy highbrow bologna. It's fancy bologna. Olive marmalade is my new favorite thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. That's delicious. It, but it does. It has that moistness of a, of a bologna, right? But it's delicious. Why is it so good? It's good. It's not my favorite thing on the plate. That's fine. That means it's more for all of us. I'm not an olive fan. Um, so I asked for my piece to not have a lot of olive to it. But I still could, I got very little olive, but I can still taste it. Yeah, again, not again, not not the best thing on there, but act for for bologna. It, it's O-S-T-A-R. I, I, I have had much worse. Right. It's W-A-G-Y-U. Like that's the <laughs> That, I, see, I kind of like that. It, it, I mean, yeah, we've eaten a lot of really good things, and that was bologna. But like, it was really, it was, 
All right, I'm just just dig, I'm just gonna dig into right. this. Have to go back to the it's almost like a like a smoked ham. You'll like that. That this is this is fine. Again, we're coming from a flavor intensity level of nine, but it's still right. It still has. Like, again, you could order the charcuterie board and this, and that would be a really nice pairing if you want to just have a little pre-gaming for dinner. That has a really nice smoky flavor to it, but it's not overly where you get something that's smoked and you just, that's all you taste. This, the meat really balances with the smoke and I, I like it. Cut those, that sort of that hard, looks like it's a hard salami. When I first looked at it, I, I thought it was going to be like a capicola, mm-hmm. which can have, which is like a, almost like a, I don't want to say sweet, but a lot of times you'll find it in a lot of Italian sandwiches, a lot of Italian dishes, because it balances out the crazy spiciness of salami. But it wasn't, it was more like ham, it was more like a really delicate ham. And it was really, really good. I liked that. So this last one looks like it's a little bit more of a, um, Almost like a hard Genoa type salami. Surprisingly mild. It's surprisingly mild. I at this point, just use your fingers. You're being so dainty and delicate. Pretty much. Oh, it has a, an interesting finish, though. I don't know how to describe the finish. I'll wait. It'll take a second or two for you to get it. I'd love that peppercorn. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's not overpowering. It's just like lightly there at the finish. And so for me, when I eat things like this, it makes me think of the holidays where we and my family, many Italian families, you you know what I'm talking about. You'll stand there at the kitchen table, and as it's being cut, as it's being sliced, you're just eating that with the Kenneth Johnson. What are you dipping that in over there? Honey. Right. Wait, wait a minute. Is this the, this and there is the was a the mustard. There's a mustard here. Wait, what? I gotta do this all over. Make this all happen again, I know. Kristen. Yeah, <laughs> we need another meat plate. And there's more of that of the bread that we haven't even touched we too. Haven't touched the bread. I was say the bread service has arrived. Yeah, this, well, this is the bread service, but then we haven't touched. Oh, right, this. there's this. Would like to try a little bit of the salami with honey. I think that would be. Yeah, bro. This charcuterie has been a sort of like high class holiday dish to me. It's a I mean, your uh, ham and your. You know, when he first brought it out, and that's like Thanksgiving to me. (laughs) (laughs) As he was bringing other things out, I'm like, oh, I'm really sad we didn't eat the charcuterie board first. But I'm not now because. Yeah. Oh, that. It's like a cheese and fruit plate at the end of a meal. It's like a spicy pickle. Oh, what? Oh, whoever puts honey on that? I'm going to have one of these little spicy pickles, too. <laughs> yeah, steal some of the honey. Oh, what? What is that? Is that part oh. of this? I know. Mm. I kind of want to try that, that ham with that mustard. Okay. Those, the, the, the pickles have a very intense vinegar flavor. That reminds me of a New York barrel pickle. Yes. That's yes. got that. It's super, super vinegary taste to it. Like, that'll wake you up. Like a half, like a half, half done pickle, the ones that are yep. still, it, it, it's cucumber. Oh, it's, it's pickled cucumber, yeah. not pickles. The, the what we thought was maybe like the ham with that mustard. That is, that's the combination right there. What is, what is 
you gotta try it. Go so good. It's like the hand? bread. It looks like bread. It is, so there's something. So there's some here too. This is the one that he said. Does this also have the Do not eat the bread. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Because I'm about to ruin, to ruin the image and the style that you used to. Mm. This How do you know that? I had the licorice. Yeah. Which I am not a big fan of black licorice. Then put that down. Excuse me. Go away. No, it's the, it's the anise. It's, yeah. it's oh, awesome. It's, it's the good part of black licorice. It, it is. It is the good part. You know what it is? No. No. You ready? You ready? I'm going to bring it all home for you. For those of you that know the re- reference, this t- tastes like an Italian pizza. Yeah. yeah. It tastes like a pizza. Dude, make that happen. Just this make is like holiday, African holiday. <laughs> this whole tray. Oh, it's USA yeah. for Africa, right? All in that yeah. plate right there. Honestly, Becky, please tell me you don't like that anymore. I love this. Actually, this charcuterie board is turning out to be the highlight of the flavors. I never expected that. I was so when those ribs came and they were winking at me, and all of this other food was coming. I was ready to just overlook this, and it is a treasure trove of hidden flavors. I'm, I am shocked. What it? I'm reaching over. I'm shocked. I, I don't do licorice, but this you is like a sunken treasure. No, that's licorice. what you want. What? No. What? What is the? Uh, this is so bad because I drink it all the time. Please tell me you don't want any. I love root. this. And you sambuca. No, not just sambuca. <laughs> Absinthe is, is the drink. Is, no, but, but the green absinthe. Absinthe. Oh. Absinthe. That's absinthe. it. Absinthe. If you had some absinthe on the side of this with some honey, and uh, this tastes like a bread version of absinthe. To me. Yes. yes. I will. This. Yeah. See, can I tell you something? I don't need like. I don't even need an alcohol. This to me gives me that sense of like. I'm so happy. Culinary right euphoria. I'm. More of this. Oh, I love absinthe. Oh my gosh! Do you look at that one piece with all the stuff? Just go grab all Kenneth's talking. Go ahead. Sweet. (laughs) I don't even know what they're saying over there. I don't even care. That is phenomenal. I mean, this would be I have never. I have never had. That's why it's also uh-huh. on the cheese plate. Yep. Can we just and like I said, I don't like licorice because, and the reason why is because I had the full college experience. I don't like Jägermeister. Oh my god! I think Jägermeister is absolutely disgusting. Man. And the reason why is because I don't <laughs> like licorice. And so every time I, I smell licorice, I taste licorice. That's what comes back. But this is like it's such a light licorice flavor that it's you i don't want to eat that without right. that spread on it so look I, i'm gonna tell you hold on your whole beer or your whole uh, licorice experience was my beer experience which i can't stand <laughs> list, smelling beer drinking beer i can't stand beer hops not good this is amazing this is is so again like you said it's got a light flavor to it which makes the bread it's almost like a bread cracker it's not really bread it's not really a cracker but it's somewhere in between and it's got just a wonderful little sweet taste with that that hint of... So look, you, you can go to many places throughout Walt Disney, many restaurants. Throughout Walt Disney World, oftentimes on a bar menu, a flower and garden, a uh, festival of the arts, you'll find a charcuterie board 99% of the time. Like when we did the live walkabout, yeah. we, we bypassed the charcuterie board because it is, for the relative part, somewhat pedestrian in terms of what... This, in terms of the types of flavors that you have on here, and you finish yep. with that little—I'm going to call it my little magical pizza bread. 
I would come back here and order that, I'm not even that. considering everything else that we've had. My magical fairy absinthe bread. And if they could have not not a, um, a cheese plate with that, but if you could have a little stack of that bread, that would be such a great dessert. Speaking of stacks of bread. We still was, have we still have bread service. If too. it was paired with some like a nice wine that that yeah, was fed off that, that would be such a great way to end. You know, the hard part about this charcuterie board, though, is there's such a variance in flavor profiles across the different things, and they're all so interesting. It's really hard to drink one wine with all this. So you really need to <laughs> kind of have this before you start. Then think about your wine progression from you know very light bodied to something more complex. You know, and then call a minivan to bring exactly, you back to your hotel. Exactly, exactly. So glad I have one. I'm really, I, I am really, really. I'm not. I'm. I am very surprised. I had dismissed that, and I apologize, charcuterie board. That I, I'm looking at you like you can hear me. I dismissed that before I even tried May it. I ask, was that the same bread on both of the yes. plates? Because I took the one off this yes. one. So okay. So I still think we need to save this for last. I think based on. Yeah, I, I think because yeah. when we went, we were talking about when we went to Remy on the. Yeah. I, I learned that um, in France you have the cheese plate last. It is your dessert, and I th- would be afraid trying to follow it with the bread service. So let's bring that bread service. Churros. And they still have they churros. They do have churros. Oh my God. Aren't you curious? Aren't you curious? <laughs> Absolutely. I okay. I mean, I told you at Star Wars Galactic Nights I have never had a churro in my life. And I was waiting until I went to Disneyland to, to eat my first churro. But then I ended up breaking, and I got one at Star Wars Galactic Nights. No. So now I'm just like, okay, well, I've already I've already broken in a, and eaten a churro, but I still can't wait to get my first Disneyland churro. Yeah, so, Christian, I, I will tell you, and I don't know, and I'm sure you've gotten this feedback before, we had all dismissed the charcuterie board as being a pedestrian charcuterie. That was outstandingly good. Like, remarkable in terms of... The surprises in the flavors and the textures, and that that bread, whatever that yes. bread is, what it's is a it? Spanish torta. Spanish torta. I don't know where okay. they sell that, but I need something. Is there a way someone could come and just order a, a plate of that bread? Just the. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the answer for that one. Because that would be something I would easily do. That's fantastic. So, can you tell us um, the bread service? It looks like there's three different types and styles of bread, as well as three different um, spreads. spreads. Yep. So we'll have the uh, actually the blajong's a little sweet. Got some apricots, apple cider vinegar, golden raisins in there. Then baba ganoush is a smoked eggplant dip for you. And then we'll have the tzatka. Think of like a curry salsa in there. Got some onions, tomato, cumin in there for you. Very delicious. And then we'll move on to the bread. Uh, the big one, the crisp, is a papadam. Has a curry sauce that goes over it there for you. It literally pops up in the fryer and expands. And now the sweet pomegranate fo- uh, focaccia. It's made with pomegranate molasses. And then the non-Indian white bread for you. So this is the baba ganoush. These are the apricots. And what was this again, sir? And what do you think is like the the expert combo in terms of the breads and the dips? Everybody has their own different palate. Me personally, baba ganoush, I love putting it on everything, but everybody's different. So some people like to pair the uh, the tadka with the curry salt of the papadam, or the blachong with the sweetness of the pomegranate focaccia, but everybody's different. I think we got to just sort of play a little mix and match game and, and try them all. So this is excellent. I am soup. I have never, I have never had baba ganoush, uh, so I'm very excited to try that for the first time. 
So, Lisa, you're closest. I think you just start making all that. Ha- I have to hold the recorder. So, <laughs> I love bread service. We have reviewed the Sanaa bread service. I have said, I have said that Sanaa late night bread service and the late night appetizer menu there has been one of, if not my favorite, lounge dining experiences. Where does Nomad Lounge rank against that? We'll have to wait to see. We'll have to wait to see. I think the Sin- I think the Sanaa late night because I've never had bread service at Sanaa, so I've, no- I've never had it. It's very different. Than- okay, so what did you? Lisa just threw herself back. Lisa just fell backwards. Lisa's done. What did you? What did you give me here? So I gave you the pomegranate bread, and then with the I believe it's the right. Shut. I love that we're experiencing this. So the, I think it's the Tadka. It reminds me of of almost like a mango chutney. It, it's, a, it's a mango chutney, but with like a, like a vinegary. It, there's something that cuts the sweetness of what I usually taste as a mango chutney. It's, it's, a, more, it's a much more complex taste. That is so good. Yeah, there was definitely a bit of sweetness there, but not so much though that it almost tasted like a dessert bread. So you have non bread and what, Mike? The baba, the baba ganoush, which I don't know what goes into baba ganoush, but eggplant. Okay, I, I like eggplant. My parents used to trick me into eating it when I was a kid, but I've always liked it. Uh, this is really, really good. This is fantastic. Kenneth, what was your? Uh... Yeah, I tried the baba ganoush with the um, the straight non first, and. Um, yeah, you definitely get this sort of smoky flavor that you always get with eggplant, and it's delicious. It's very, very good. You can cut that in half. Give some to Her Majesty. Did you have this one yet? No, I didn't. Here, cut that I one. Just do it. Should I have it? Here's, here's <laughs> okay, so this is the non bread and the baba ganoush. So I've had a lot of baba ganoush in my life, and this is like if baba ganoush went to a barbecue. It's like, because it has a smoky, like, off the grill. It tastes like that was what they did to the eggplant before they did the blend, they, they ground it. That's phenomenal, and I'm glad we had it with the naan because the baba ganoush has such a potent, smoky taste in itself that it didn't need any flavor in the bread. That's that was really, really good. Yeah, I'm ha- I was gonna say I'm happy that the bread didn't take away from the flavor of the eggplant. And as it's sitting in <laughs> yeah, the smoke I can de- definitely taste that flavor, and I think it would be overpowering if it did have some other taste going with it because it is such a pure taste. It's good. Oh, I've had this crisp bread. It's super, super <laughs> light. Right, really nice and crunchy. And what are you putting on there? Um, so this is, I believe, the... I'm sorry, hang on. The Blatjang, which I, I don't know what that is, honestly. It looks like... That is very good. You had this, Ken? Yes, you'll love that. It's just delicious. It's a little bit of all right. <laughs> It's like playing Twister here. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, there's so much in there; it's hard to identify it all, but it all comes together. So that there's a there's a dusting on the bread, 
that has a little bit of a spice to it. I feel it on my, I taste it on my lips more than I do on, on my tongue. And there's a very different flavor from, you gonna finish that? <laughs> I'm just hoping Becky doesn't like hers. So if you've had Papadum, this is actually, I was expecting it to be bland because it, the color is very light, but it does, it has a strong kick to it, the, the, the crisp itself. And then it's a, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. It's a blend of like, I guess, tomato and pepper and salsa. Yeah. It's definitely a salsa taste to it that, um, again, nice blend of spice, but not spicy, not overly to where I feel like my mouth is on fire. But that, that papadon sits on its own. Like you could eat that yeah. with nothing on it at all. Does anybody else think it's a Pringle? I'm sorry. I, I have a McDonaldland palate, so I just relate it back to junk food, and this is great. Fantastic. It does have sort of a, a thick Pringle. I get if you're talking about consistency, but whatever that dusting is on it adds a nice, nice bit of flavor to it. It's got a nice salt, like a flavored salt to it, which is... It's nice. Which was your favorite out of all the breads? I really, I really like that. I like the papadon. Mm. This is the sweeter one, right? It's got I think I would like the papadon. Mm. Is there enough papadon and the um, the eggplant that you can sort of make one of those happen? There, there it is. And I think he said. I think you said the pavadon has like a curry salt on it because you can you can taste it. It leaves something yep. behind, not just salty. It leaves a a, a spice, but not not overwhelming. Because I think when people hear curry, they they immediately think, oh, this is going to be too intense. This is going to be too crazy. And, but that's it's so subtle and so it's so good. You could eat just the pavadon by itself. No, I said you can break it up so I could share with other people. I don't want to eat the whole thing up, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's scary? We still have one more plate. Thank you very much. Awesome. Is that all? I'm looking forward to that one more plate. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means two more plates. That's the plate right there. God, I could do bread service all night long. Amazing. You didn't say, let's go to Sanaa. Well, well, that's what my... But here's... So you can actually come to Animal Kingdom, do this in the early evening, you know, 5 o'clock, hang out for a while. I mean, we've been here for a couple hours. Go do Flight of Passage. And then when you leave Animal Kingdom, you go do Sanaa late night to sort of cap off your evening. A little nightcap at Sanaa, a little bread service. I've got nothing to do tomorrow, so... <laughs> <laughs> Again... A nice surprise in terms of the flavor. Um, I mean, I think we've got to hit the um, the accout- what is it called? The accoutrement plate. Artisanal <laughs> cheese plate. Okay. You already forgot the word that you were so impressed that you said. Oh. <laughs> we have been eating nonstop for literally hours. I know. Started with breakfast, which, by the way, I carried my own tray. I want to be very clear when you start telling the story. I, I mean, my own tray. Food off of trays. Yeah, I do. I know. 
I was even on a bus the other day, and I took a picture and sent it to him to prove it, because I knew he would not believe me. I'll just let her bury herself. <laughs> the other night, when we were waiting for you at DVC Moonlight Magic, and you kept saying, well, I'm waiting on to get on the monorail at the Polynesian, we're like, can't she just walk across the lagoon? Like, <laughs> can she just, like, walk? Really? Just, don't they have a private boat? You can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That just opened it up for so much. I will let that one go because it's too easy. All right. So I've been looking at this cheese plate since this was the first thing that he brought. And I love, love, love cheese. I really, and as I've gotten older, have developed uh, an appreciation for, I'm old. I have developed an appreciation for um, some of the, the subtleties and flavors and cheeses. So I'm super excited to try this. I can't tell you what each one of these cheeses is, but I am incredibly excited okay. to have one. And there's also the little jellies. So this is like a passion fruit jelly. There's like three cubes of that. And then there's um, candied almonds that supposedly have cardamom on them. So I'm excited about that. There's more of this crisp bread with the um, anise. Um, and then there's goat cheese and blue cheese with fresh honeycomb on top oh. and a fig cake with almonds in it. Oh, and then I don't know what these oh, two are. Yes, no, do. you're not going to want that. Don't somebody, give back any blue cheese. I blue love cheese. and, like you can and have the fresh cheese. honey. Oh, I like I like goat, goat cheese, too. Then but you can have some blue cheese. but uh, when you have it like with the fresh honeycomb on top. Awesome. Either that or grapes. You put a good blue cheese on a, on a grape. That combination is such a great taste. You know what? This is kind of reminding me, uh, in a way, because the cheese plate, all the little tastes we've had, kind of of that Remy dinner. If we'd had a, a wine pairing with the whole thing, then it would... This would be a very different recording yes. at this point. <laughs> because we love That's that Remy so... wine pairing and dinner as much as we actually remember, because that was a lot of wine. That was a lot of wine. That was a lot of wine. Uh, was... But I will tell you, and I've said that... That that meal was without question. We talked about this morning. Yep. Without question, one of the best overall dining experiences I have ever, ever. had anywhere on the planet. Yeah, uh, hands down. Between not just on a cruise ship, but at land as well. Anywhere that I've eaten before had a, a wonderful meal like that. And that's what and it, it's a seventy-five dollar yeah. upcharge. About I think that. like it is worth, worth every, every single penny. If you have seventy-five dollars to spend. On the spa, on an excursion, or Remy, you go to Remy. And it's higher with the wine pairing, obviously, because that goes into a whole new... You don't just get But by the time you're at your wine. second course, you don't even care at that you point. You really don't. And then all of a sudden they bring not just a cheese plate, they bring the cheese cart. And then the cheese cart turns into a cheese plate with a sundial around it's it. The they wheel of start. cheese. The wheel of cheese. <laughs> And then there's also the dessert course after that. And then there's the chocolate course after the dessert course after the cheese course. Can we stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> we were just stalling for time while you could. All right. But let's, let's all hit these. At, bored there for me. Let's, let's hit the same ones at the same time. If you were there, yeah, yeah. All right? Okay. I think we should start in the middle. Yeah, I think, I'm guessing this is the mildest. Right. I think there's some passion fruit things too. What did you attack? So... The goat cheese. Mm. Oh, one you're nope, I'm good. Well. <laughs> this one. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a brie. It tastes like a brie to me. It has a nice rind on it. It's nutty. It's I would say you get 
once you hit the rind, you get a very different flavor than that. It's a soft, very creamy cheese with not the, the cheese itself does not have a very intense flavor. Like a Kenneth, you're not look you're not you're not feeling that. You're not looking at that. You're not trying that one. No, no, I I can eat cheese, but it's it's almost like it's pearls before swine. I don't have the ability to appreciate cheese the way you guys do. I am going to try some, but you should probably look elsewhere for the commentary. Okay, while well, you're working on that. So these little um, passion fruit jellies, I'm guessing would probably pair well with what we just ate because okay. I know brie tastes good with, you know, like a preserve or something on top. Or I'm, I'm not, not sure what this is, but probably I'm similarly. I'm what, are you, what are you giving me? I'm not kidding. What? Oh, it's your little flower from your, flower from your drink. Oh, what a, uh, a, a mild, surprising. lovely, sweet flower that is. It's, it's like Much a, like you, Becky. Oh, <laughs> what do you want from me? You can tell he finished oh, his drink, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Want to try yes. I love you. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. All right, let's do this. Which, which one is, which cheese is this? I'm not sure what, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what, these are the two I don't know. This is the goat here, so we would, we're going to do that later. It's right. candy. So let's Maybe let's do this with the passion fruit. Let's do this with the passion fruit. Well, it's, like, it's like a candied, um, moist, dried fruit. Oh. You got the dried fruit. No, no, no. Fruit. I like it yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, it's like a dried apricot, but it's... But it's See? I can do that all night long. Try that. That is delicious. Which one? Without the fruit. I like it without the fruit. You could certainly pair it with it. We're going to go right here. Right where? Right there. This one? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, it's like a, um, it's like a Pecorino Romano type of cheese. Is that same type? But you hear the animals in. And the colors have changed too over there. It almost has like a Gouda, like a Gouda taste to it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but it's. Try it with the fruit? It changes it dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you do that because you guys don't like, you're, you're not goat people. Calm down! Don't get don't get feisty over there. No, she just got really like defensive when you said that. She was that. afraid I was gonna eat it. You don't like goat cheese. No, it's not blowing up. Is that a dinosaur over there? Is that sure sounds like one? They didn't look at me. No. Mmm. Could be leftover. Don't eat the goat cheese. You don't worry. It's poisonous. Don't. Is it poisonous? Oh, do you like goat cheese? Mm-hmm. Sorry, you see you say the whole thing. So. Four, because, no, I cut it into four. I just don't want to take too much for other people who may be. Oh. Four, but I do it just melts on your tongue. <laughs> We've lost, Lisa just passed out. Um, <laughs> tell me that Becky. is not. There's no way I'm touching it. It's like butter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very good. very good. It is. It's very creamy. It's very smooth. And it, like you said, it just kind of melts. Like you didn't really. Have to do anything? You put it, and it just kind of melts out. And it's, See, uh, this is dessert to me. This is, I think that is just phenomenal. Yeah, because you're you're definitely a savory person yeah. over a sweet person. So I can see why that really fits. Your like palate. I almost want that to be the last flavor in my mouth of the night. Like I don't want. I mean, I'm going to eat other stuff, obviously, but um, I think the thick cake is probably taste. Seems like that should be the next thing to go in our mouths. That's the thick cake. That's what? Big? Big? Big cake. It's big and mm-hmm. all You can definitely taste it. Mm-hmm. So that reminds me again of the holidays at my house, having yeah. having figs. Yeah. That that tastes like something you would eat. Like That, that tastes like... Fruitcake is not the word, but it tastes, it, it tastes like 
Yeah, okay. If fruitcake didn't have such a bad reputation, or if somebody knew what they were doing with a good fruitcake, that's what that tastes like. See, I like fig, and I think that complements the creaminess of the cheese really, yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. Too bad you ran out of wine, because this would all be... All right, I've been... So we've got the blue cheese with honeycomb on top left and these candied almonds with um, cardamom. You had me at blue cheese and honeycomb. Yeah. Get, make sure you get some honeycomb. <laughs> Don't you worry, sister. I like it, but it's too hard. Take some of that honeycomb off there. I want to make sure I share with everybody. I'm just going to eat it. It's amazing I need a minute. I love blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm. That subtle mm. sweetness so of good. the honeycomb. That is so good. Kenneth, you're not a. You don't. Mm. I'm gonna try it. Darn yeah, it. Get the honeycomb. I mean, yay! Yeah, go ahead, try it. Stop mm-hmm. giving away all the honeycomb. What are you insane, woman? Yeah, honeycomb <laughs> really Why? It's like a, Again, if you put a grape with it or something, it's got that sweetness that cuts the really harsh piece of the blue. Right. And it goes together so nicely. Oh, man. You can have really green blue cheese, though. Right? Like a... And that honeycomb on top is... Say, no, matter, no matter what with no matter what with blue cheese, I do feel like I always need something to drink um, with it because it always... It's so intense. The honeycomb definitely makes that, smooths that out and calms that down, but I think I didn't get enough of the honeycomb and I got a lot of the blue cheese so I got left with blue cheese mouth. I'm fine with blue cheese mouth, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, there are the candied almonds, there's a little bit more of... So I'll let you guys dig in, take what you like first, and I'm happy with any of the remnants thereafter, because there's no losers in this game. Mm. Are we going to order our, our last dessert? Oh, my God. So, really quick question. Of the um, the dessert, how many are on the plate? Uh, there are five. Five? Perfect. Oh. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> it's We can also offer the uh, his desserts from Tiffin's as well. And that'll be a white chocolate macaroon for you. You can also get the kids. Okay, <laughs> I'm having I'm having the cheese sweats over here. I mean, in the interest of science, we'll we'll have one dessert to share, right. please. It's just one churro. You want to know about the other ones? You let me know. All right, man. Perfect. Thank you. Right. Thank you. You're a man. Uh, thank you. My mom's the same thing. <laughs> this is uh, honeycomb, right? Please tell me I'm not getting the that's honeycomb. That's still that's blue cheese, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It would ruin my night if I <laughs> So, of course, if we're going to do it, we're going to go. We're all in already. We had to get the dessert. Uh, we, will, we will try the, the churro on the menu. And as we start to wrap up our meal, obviously this is not do as we say, not as we do. Kids, do not try this at home. Do not order everything on the menu. Um, but what I want you to start thinking about is I want you to put together either your top three or sort of your perfect Nomad Lounge meal. What are those two or three items from the menu? And if you want to pair it with a drink, you can certainly do that as well. That you 
would recommend to somebody if and hopefully when they come here. But I don't want to hear your answer until you have dessert first. This way it gets its fair shake. I will tell you, I'm going to have a tough time narrowing down to two or three. You no. think you got it? All right. You bring five people and you order one of everything and you share the plates. That's how you do it. Boom, drop the mic. <laughs> Can you guys make that grunting and groaning sound when, when he came oh, over? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Christian, uh, tell me what we got here. All right, so we'll have our churros here for you, cinnamon brown sugar, and then we'll have a vanilla cream on the side and a strawberry chili. Literally, if you freeze a vanilla cream, just instantly ice cream. I usually like to mix them both. They are very delicious. The strawberry chili will have a light heat to it. All of a sudden, my appetite just came back. And you just woke up. And I just woke up, too. These couches are so comfy. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Let me get a quick picture of these, too. So they come in a basket, in a small little, like, fry basket. There's five, perfect for all of us to be able to share. And they're probably each about five, six inches long each, so there's a lot of churro in, in your little basket, so... Oh. Okay. Is that like... To do... Yeah, we'll do what we want with it? I'm not sure how Listen, guys, just um, don't be shy. Dig in. We're okay with double dipping? Double... Plate. Listen. Don't go... Come on. Don't, don't go from the red to the white. Just do the either end. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Break it in half and do, but Such a but he said you could mix them, right? Didn't you say you can mix yeah, them so up a little bit? Uh, dip them both and like mix them both like that. The flavor is actually very good. All right, then mix them. To I'm gonna that go either end and then I'm gonna yeah. go in for a minute. Mix them right to. Well, listen, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna try that first, yeah. and then go the other exactly. way. Exactly. I think the other one's probably got a little spice to it. Just a light heat, nothing too crazy. Okay. Ooh. So. Churros nice and warm, fresh and flaky. They don't feel like they've been sitting, you know, on the Carnival Midway for for seven weeks. Now I'm gonna go for the little spicy side. Mm. 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 Light and airy. It has a real kick. It definitely the strawberry has a kick. See, no, I haven't gotten a kick yet. Did you dip it in the strawberry already? I did. I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten the kick yet. Maybe you got a little chili in your. I'm going to. I'm double dipping it. I don't care. Oh, I got a lot of kick. Right. Don't forget your. Yes, I know. I didn't get a ton of kick. I'm missing the... I taste a little bit in the back. I got a little bit in the back. Let's try it again. Oh, All right, I'm double dipping. I don't care. I'm going back and forth a few times, too. Get out of here, Ruffin. Mm-hmm. 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 So... The double dip is the way to go. So I like this. You've heard me say ad nauseum. I'm not an overly sweet guy, and that's it's not overly sweet. (laughs) It is not. I was afraid when I saw the sauces, it's going to be sugar on top of sugar. It's not. Even the 
churro itself is more cinnamony, cinnamony, than it is overly sweet. Right. But you're right. I think when you double dip, you get a little bit of the creaminess and a little bit of the sweetness and the heat. You know, and the funny thing is, I never say this, but one is enough. Yeah. You know, you can share this with five people. Kenneth, you also just ate literally everything on the plate. (laughs) And an entire bottle of wine all by yourself. Please erase that from the recording. If anybody ever hears that, I'll lose all credibility. But you're right. That's, I mean, that's definitely a shareable. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything here is shareable. Everything is very much shareable. Right. Uh, And, you know, we were worried about the double dipping. That's why I said, is is double dipping okay? Because we're out of plates. Uh, And we were saying, so eventually all of us, we all started with the the sweet kind of icing, but that sweet vanilla cream, uh, which was really good. I got a lot of kick off that strawberry. Because strawberry can be an overwhelmingly sweet, especially when it comes to something like desserts. Strawberry can be very overwhelming. So that chili kind of pops it and keeps it from getting too heavy and too sweet. But when you started double dipping, when you get a little bit of both on, that's the way to go, the double dip. I was good just with the vanilla. I, I thought that that was a really light taste. It was um, The dough was uh, light and fluffy, but it had a... A crunch to it that you want from your churro, not a not a Florida churro that's been sitting out in 82% humidity for four days. You don't want it to be that um, chewy. And, and everybody was talking about it having a kick, and I didn't want to mess up the perfect balance of sugar and cinnamon and that wonderful vanilla cream. So I'm good. So I'm at a point right now that I've got the right sort of flavor sitting in my mouth to end the night. I don't want to drink anything else. I don't want to taste anything else. Like, I am perfectly... Con- I mean, unless there was any more blue cheese with a little bit of the honey, that might be the only thing. Some of that bread with the anise on it, yeah. So, <laughs> hmm. All right, well, let's do this. I want you to put together wow. your perfect Nomad Lounge meal. Define it however you would like, because ordering everything is normally not the way I would do it. Although, I will say, we literally ate the entire menu, and I don't feel... Like obscene, like I ate too much and I feel uncomfortable for it because I don't think anything was overly heavy. So, ladies, we'll sort of go around the horn, put together your perfect nomad lounge meal. So, and yeah, I'll say I'm just sort of sleepily content right now, and it helps that we're sitting on this big couch. Um, So, I'll start by saying that if there's something on this menu that calls to you or something in particular that you like, get it because everything is phenomenal. Um, personally, I think if I was putting together my perfect meal, I would probably do the charcuterie, followed by the tataki, and then finish with the artisanal cheeses. Um, the charcuterie, I think, was not to be missed. It was just really, really interesting. I kind of had wished as we were eating that we had started with it. Um, because it was simpler flavors, it was like one protein at a time, and then we were like, "Oh, there's mustard. Oh, there's because you know it, there's just a lot to notice on that plate that was really good and that you could play with." Um, and then the the tuna tataki was just phenomenal. And like I was saying, when we ate the tataki, I was looking at the cheeses sort of longingly because I wanted something that would sort of be sweet and creamy and strong enough to um, you know to to eat after that that peppercorn on the tataki. So that would be, I think, my, again, everything was fantastic. And if something calls to you, eat it. But that, that would be my perfect meal. I was going to start singing from Moana, but I won't. That would, the sea calling to me. <laughs> Becky? 
This is really hard because I could do two. Um, no, you can only do I, one. No sneaking, no nothing. I want three. Well, okay, I can give you three. That's not a problem. No, three. <laughs> give me, put together your perfect meal. <clears throat> All right. There's no way you could wine pair to this because it the flavors don't go together whatsoever um, if you're trying to, to put it together. But I would probably say uh, I'm between... I'm sorry. I'm between the ribs and the the tuna. Um, both of them are phenomenal. So choosing between those is difficult. And if I had to right now, I'd probably do the tuna. Um, the pad thai. It's a really good size. It's, it's filling if you're trying to do something in a meal with, with three small plates. Um, and the taste was just really amazing. And then I would end it with the cheese with the artisanal cheese so that you've got that wonderful rounded out of the the sweet and savory that would be dessert as well you can you can hop on to the um um the churros but honestly i think that that for people who like um uh, more of the savory you have the sweet and savory it pulls it all together and i think that those flavors are just a great way to end the meal okay so i'm gonna you know, go with me here, um, as we say. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different where you guys ended with the cheese. I'm going to start with it because I'm, I want to pair it with something. Um, I want to, I, that, that cheese would go with such a good white wine, like a Pinot Grigio or maybe a Sauvignon Blanc, something light, something not too heavy. Um, that way, you know, when you get to those heavier cheeses, those more dense things like that goat cheese or that blue cheese, you've got something kind of refreshing and something light to kind of clean that palate. And then I would go with the tuna and pair that with something um, possibly like a Chardonnay or possibly if I didn't get to see if they have um, a, a more sweet red, like a Pinot Noir, uh, something not too spicy because you're going to get the peppercorn off that tuna. And it's too it's too much, so you kind of want that sweet red wine to uh, to kind of balance that whole thing out. I wish this was video because you were so animated and um, and passionate when you were doing it. You were like you were like an Italian with your hands flying all over the place. I come from the world of fine dining uh, service, so for for me, wine pairing is is second nature. It, it's it's something I enjoy doing. I dig it, brother. Well, you know, I'm going to echo a little bit <clears throat> what Lisa said. It's hard to go wrong in this menu. I think if you want the perfect meal, and I learned this tonight over again, the most important thing to do is come to to the Nomad Lounge with people that you love and enjoy. Or can at least tolerate, just so you can share in the food. <laughs> because it is a trip around the world, you know. Um, St. Augustine said, if, if the world is a book, those who don't travel read only one page. And I feel like, you know, tonight we have read the book um, from a culinary point of view. And I, th I think while it's hard to go wrong, if I were to give any advice at all on the menu, I'd say you're going to need three wines. Um, you're going to need a Pinot Gris, which they have one. And you're going to need a sweet wine. There's a Moscato on the list. There's a Moscato in there and I didn't see it? And I would recommend the... Um, the wine that I had that I've mentioned like 500,000 times, uh, it, was, it was great. So you're going to need those wines, and I would definitely not miss the charcuterie platter. And, you know, I would give honorable mention to the poutine and the spare room. Hey, 
had more than three. <laughs> so I didn't say three. I said, Counselor, I want you to I want you to craft a lawyer now. I want you to craft your perfect meal. So wait a minute, I can craft it with every single no, one. It's, so, no, because that's not that's not the perfect meal. The perfect meal is sitting over here that wanted me to give you this and have a little note on the back. So oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so I will I will put together. Go away! Don't touch me. Um, and look, I, and, and I think I think uh, I think Kenneth, you're right. I think this is a culinary journey. I really am impressed with the variety in terms of um, the types of flavors and, and layers and depths and, and, and the spectrum that you are able to get, like you said, from an Indian to an African to an Asian-inspired. I think I would absolutely bookend the meal, and it surprises me, but I would bookend it with the charcuterie board. Um, that, that selection of those cured and, and smoked meats is absolutely exceptional. I think it's the best one that I've had anywhere. On the opposite end, I would end with the artisanal cheeses. I thought that was just remarkable and spectacular. I am surprised that the bread service is not going to make my list. Um, I'll tell you, I, as much as I, as much as I liked the poutine and the, the satay and the sliders, I think I would sandwich in between the charcuterie and the cheeses, the tuna tataki. And the pad thai. And I think that is a perfect, perfect meal. Certainly any of the beverages that you wanted to, to match it with. Because for me, the cheeses was as much of a dessert as sort of a, a, a punctuation. It was an exclamation point at the back end of a meal that gave us a remarkable scope of different flavors. I think you hit it right on the head. You don't have to travel around the world. Sort of all those flavors come to you right here. And I, I am very, very... I'm surprised and impressed at the kind of meal that we had here. Again, we are inside a theme park at a... This isn't a lounge. This is a, this is a restaurant that I think a lot of guests walk right by, not realizing what sort of... Um, you know, this is not a, a, a place just to go and get a cocktail... This is a place to have an exceptional meal, not just in the theme park, but I think anywhere on property. Um, Ooh, that says a lot from you. Nomad Lounge is very, very, very high mm -hmm. on my rankings. And oh, by the way, BTW, Christian, you are an exceptional server. And uh, I really appreciate your uh, patience and your help and the way you describe the menu and this entire environment and not visibly laughing at my face when I said that I wanted everything on the menu. So... <laughs> Uh, this is wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful. I can, and we have. We've sat here for three hours yes. and had a, a wonderful time. I think, Kenneth, you hit it right on the head that a, a requisite element certainly is to bring friends, bring family, grab some strangers, whoever it is, whatever excuse is going to get you into Nomad Lounge, um, I will absolutely be back. Like. Yeah, without question. I absolutely will, too. And, you know, I think the important thing, it's hard to go wrong in this menu. We've said it many times. The important thing is get out of your comfort zone, travel, you know, around the menu with someone you love and have a shared experience. 
or just travel. <laughs> here, here we are sitting. No in passport, no passport, no passport needed here. Just come and for the moment. But you know, another thing that Lisa and I were just kind of um, whispering about was. I know you guys have your wine pairings because that's where you come from. We'd like to figure out how to pair the cocktails yeah. with everything, too, because there are so many different interesting flavors in the cocktails that you could actually find interesting ways of, of pairing those together. So what that means is maybe something that you don't think about for certain restaurants is the repeatability factor yeah. here oh, God, yeah. is very, very high. Because a lot of times you'll go to a lounge and there's two or three items on the menu that is what they have to offer. And I think for lounges everywhere, including lounges here in Disney, because there is such a wide scope on the menu, um, you can come back here and mix and match things and never have the same experience twice. This is true, because you don't always have a whole bunch of cheerleaders screaming on the bridge right now. They're next cheering year. for Nomad they, Lounge. Exactly. I, listen, I am, gonna le- I am at the top of that cheerleading pyramid because <laughs> Nomad Lounge, you have got a new, you've got a friend in me. Again, and this is one of those places. The atmosphere is wonderful. Watch, the people watching is great. Um, there's a comfortable place to, to sit in. If it was just us and we had nowhere else to go, I'm sure that we would order another round of cocktails and just sit here. And seriously, because it's comfortable and the sun has gone down. And at that point, it, it became a very comfortable evening to sit in and just enjoy what's around us. And granted, it's February, but it was a hot February day. It's been a, you know approaching the 90s this week. And it is. It's a, it's a warm evening, but it's comfortable. We're sitting outside on this couch. There's a fan blowing overhead and kind of got the, the breeze coming in. We're right on the water. And um, I think a, a summer evening wouldn't be, is, isn't usually much warmer than this here. Um, so I, it's, we're outside, but it's still very comfortable. Yeah, and to, to add to that point, there is some tables inside with air conditioning. So yeah, yeah. you can at least enjoy that if it was overwhelmingly warm. Listen, I look at my body. Clearly, I've done a lot of dining reviews here in Walt Disney World, and maybe I am caught up in the moment and the blue cheese and the honeycomb. This may be one of my favorite reviews ever. Nice. Not just because of the food, not just because of the environment, not just because of the ambiance, but because of you, including you, my friend, who's not here with us in person, but you are here with us on the opposite side of the table, wishing that there was something left for you to eat. But you are here with us, and hopefully... You will come and, and check out No Man Lounge. If you have, I would love to hear about your experience. Go to the show notes. Better yet, go to Facebook.com slash... Wait, take that back. Go to www.radio.com slash box people. That'll take you to the box people group. Let me know about your experience. Better yet, call the voicemail. Even better yet, call me from the Nomad Lounge and leave a voicemail. Let me know as it happens or right after it happens what you think about your Nomad Lounge experience. 407-900-9391. Lisa Donato Glassner, Becky Mankin, Michael Ruffin, and Kenneth Johnson, and you, my friend, the listener who's here with us. Thank you guys so very much. Um, and as they say at the end of Wreck It Ralph, when can we do this again? And I had poutine, and it was good. Everything was good. <laughs> I'm really. Uh, yeah, I kind of want some more pad thai. Yeah, yeah that pad thai was. <laughs> I wish I wasn't allergic to peanuts. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Next time, just bring the EpiPen, man. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. I got it. Becky just said, I mean, if we were, you know, I, I could totally just sit here and have a cocktail and just soak in the the sounds and the, the breeze. And it's, 
I'm so content right now. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to need to sit here because they're going to have to back in a forklift to roll me out of here because well, I'm so really full, though. I mean, all the food that we ate, granted, we're all sharing it, but, but I'm, I'm happily, right, but I'm yeah, happily I sleepy. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Like, I'm so just, intense. I just don't want to move. I just want to sit yeah, here yeah. and have. really be interesting. We, you know, tonight we were running about six, seven minute miles. We were trying to get all this food in three hours. <laughs> To actually just pace yourself and come in at five and close the park down right here, that would be fun. <laughs> That's kind of where we're. That's kind of the road that we're on at this point. We're kind of there. When you, when you, when you, <laughs> oh wait, that's why. <laughs> when you hear the chance heading towards the park exit, it's uh, Sunday. <laughs> It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, maybe even in what you eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were celebrating Valentine's Day, or the special 50% off chocolate the day after Valentine's Day. However it is that you celebrate, we were talking about Valentine's Day, specifically where it's celebrated every single day over and over and over again in Walt Disney World. And of course you know that it is at Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. And that scene was actually added during the 1993 refresh of the attraction where there's now holidays weaved throughout all the different scenes. But I digress, because in the first scene, the Valentine's Day scene, Father was talking about all the new innovations, especially in things like transportation, how uh, buildings are getting higher and moving pictures are, are, you know, coming up on the big screen. There's 8,000 automobiles in the country. And in fact, you can travel by train from New York to California in less than how many days And that was your question. And thanks again to all of you, the more than, I think, 1,500 entries we got this week who entered, got this one correct or were at least in the ballpark and knew that it takes less than seven days, or it did back in the scene. That number continues to go down as we move forward through all the different scenes. And someday we'll have our flying hover cars and teleportation systems and it'll be down to next to nothing. But anyway, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, which, by the way, are still on sale for just $10 at the WDW Radio store. I'm also going to send you a WDW Radio Magic Band cover, some stickers, a pop socket, and I said there was going to be a mystery prize. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but our winner, randomly selected, is going to find out when he or she gets her package. And last week's winner is, assuming I'm pronouncing this correctly, C. Brezaziki. So C, I don't know what C stands for, but C, you are our winner. I have your address. Because you use the online form, I will get your prize package out to you right away. Again, I apologize for the mispronunciation of your last name, but don't worry, because if you didn't win last week, here's your next chance to enter, and hopefully me get your last name correct in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. 
So I had another mental hiccup last week because we were doing a top 10 and we were talking about the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. And I promised you during the segment that the trivia question was going to be about the TTA. Obviously it wasn't, but I'm going to make up for it this week with a TTA slash people mover related question. Again, this is one of my favorite attractions. There's no line. It's so relaxing. There's great views. And I talked about the voices and the ones that you can hear on the attractions, not the one that resonate in my head, that you can hear during the attraction. I said that would make a great trivia question, and I, of course, forgot to give it to you last week. So here it is. On the TTA slash People Mover, call it what you like, you hear a total of six different voices in the overhead narration. I'm going to tell you what one of those is, right? The female safety announcer is the very first one that you hear. Please step carefully onto the moving platform, step into the car, remain seated, hands, arms, feet, legs, etc. Supervise your children. You know exactly what she says. I'm not going to do my bad female safety announcer voice. And you know what? Because I messed up last week, I'm going to give you another one. So you've got the female safety announcer, and then you also have the male announcer who welcomes you aboard. TTA travelers, whether you're humanoid, well, that's the old one. But the male safety announcer talks about your quiet and carefree highway in the sky. Sit back, relax, your grand circle tour of Tomorrowland, etc., etc., etc. But those are really, that was a really bad impression, by the way, in case you didn't realize it. Anyway, I gave you those two, but your question this week is... To tell me who, what are the other four voices that you hear on the Tomorrowland Transit Authority slash not so wedway people mover anymore people mover, right? So you've got the female safety announcer, the male announcer, and there are four other voices that you hear on the overhead narration while you are on your highway in the sky grand circle tour of Tomorrowland. Just tell me who or what those four people are. You have until Sunday, February 25th to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast and use the online entry form there because this week you're not just going to play for the book and the audio tours and the Magic Band cover and the stickers and the pop socket, but your not-so-mystery prize this week is also going to be a shirt from the WW Radio collection over on Teespring. So if you go to www.radio.com slash shirts, you will see a wide variety of shirts. This week, I'm going to include, we'll call it a mystery shirt. It could be a Disney shirt, a Marvel shirt, a WW Radio shirt. So you'll see when you go to the online entry form, I have now added shirt size as an option on the form. So again, you have until Sunday, February 25th at 11.59 p.m. Go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the online entry form there. And again, if you go to www.radio.com slash shirts, you can see the entire collection of WW Radio and other designed and curated shirts that you can get. Oftentimes, they're on sale. So good luck and have fun. GTA Travelers. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us virtually on the couch at Nomad Lounge for our very long yet oh-so-incredibly delicious meal. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you've been to Nomad Lounge, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Go to www.radio.com slash boxpeople. That is our Facebook group where I'd really love to not only keep the conversation going about this show, 
but I welcome you to participate in and start your own conversations there. I really want that to be sort of our WW Radio clubhouse where we can all get together, meet, chat, share photos, questions, and again, our live broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern will take place right there as well. I also want to thank some more of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Joshua Schmitz, Kareen Terwilliger, Megan Lagoff, Sandra Sher-Jones, Al Rizzo, and John Custer. Welcome to our family. I appreciate the love, help, and the support by being part of the nation. And if you want to find out not only how, as a member of the nation, you help the show, but how you will get exclusive monthly rewards, including scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, personalized Magic Band covers, T-shirts, logo gear, backpacks. We also do a monthly live video group call and lots more. Again, you can go to www.radio.com support to find out more, to be part of the family. And don't forget that being part of the nation also helps to support our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or if you want to be heard on the air, you can leave a voicemail at 407-900-9391. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and again, my personal profile on Facebook as well. Of course, you know that I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. Our next is going to be Saturday February 24th from 2 o'clock to 3.30 p.m. at the Daily Poutine in Disney Springs because food and poutine. It's also Princess Marathon weekend, so if you are running, walking, cheering, or just happen to be there, it's going to give you time to finish the race or finish cheering, go back, get showered, come, and then still get home in time to wake up at 02 o'clock in the morning for the following day's uh, half marathon. Again, that's Saturday, February 24th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Come alone, bring the whole family. Everybody and anybody is welcome. Bring the kids as well. If you go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio, you can find out more and RSVP as well. I'm also going to be doing a meetup on the road March 1st in San Diego. I'll be speaking at Social Media Marketing World. I will have more information about that as well, but I know that will be Saturday evening on March 1st. And we, believe it or not, still have a couple of spots open for our Alaskan adventure this June 18th through the 25th, including, I think, one still with just one first day pricing cabin available. So if you go... So if you go to www.radio.com slash Alaska18, you can find out more. Stay tuned for other events and meetups on the road as well as I travel, as I continue to speak. And if I can come to speak at your event, to your conference or to your school, or if I can work with you maybe even one-on-one to help you turn that thing that you love into the thing that you do, you can find out more by visiting lumangelo.com. Thanks again to Becky Mankin, not just for joining me at Nomad Lounge, but for her and the team over at MouseFanTravel.com, not just for all the support from, for, I guess it's coming on 10 years now, but for so many of the families that they continue to help, whether you're going to world, land, cruise, or anywhere on the planet, they can give you the best possible prices, all available discounts at no cost to you over at MouseFanTravel.com, and go subscribe to Celebrations Magazine at CelebrationsPress.com. And as always, my friend, you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, 
I say it every week because I believe it in my heart of hearts. You continue to show that and prove it. All I ask, though, is that if you like the show, the best way to welcome and invite more people into this family is by you going out and bringing them in. So I ask you to please tweet out a link to this week's show. Go post it over on Facebook. And if you can, take just 30 seconds. That's all it takes to go over to iTunes to rate and review the show. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. I appreciate and read every single one of them. I want to thank some recent reviewers like David Wittenberg, who said... WW Radio focuses on in-depth reviews and roundtable discussions about all of Walt Disney World's parks, attractions, restaurants, and hotels. The episodes are timeless, so having access to Lou's extensive archive of more than 500 episodes means there's always something to listen to. Chuck from Wisconsin says, this is a great first trip research tool as well. I just got back from my first Walt Disney World trip yesterday. I use the podcast to do a lot of research, and what I liked about Lou is that he will is willing to cover the topics, rides, attractions, and food that I don't consider or read about, yet I then have enough time in front of him to research something deeper if I want to. He doesn't perseverate, ooh, SAT word, on any one thing, so you end up hearing a bit of everything. They're also fun to listen to. Can't say enough good things about this podcast. Thank you so much, Chuck. Fighting Irish from Canada says, Thank you, Lou. Love the podcast. I have it playing whenever I'm home. And TBB95 says... Great show. Love the details and personal insight. The podcast is great, and uh, it's a must-listen. Good information with great personalized details. Lou's love of Disney comes through loud and clear. My only complaint... uh Uh-oh, I don't read this ahead of time. My only complaint is that I wish he had more podcasts. Usually there's about 40 to 45 years, which is a lot of content, but more is always better, right? TBB95, you had me nervous there for a second, but thanks to all of you for your wonderful comments and reviews. Again, just search for WDW Radio on iTunes, subscribe there, or if you go to WDWRadio.com slash iTunes, it'll give you instructions on exactly how to rate and review the show. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. You are part of my extended family. I love and appreciate you and the fact that you have listened, whether this is your first show or your 510th or have been listening even longer than that, I sincerely appreciate your time and your attention, your love and your friendship. Thank you for letting me do what I love and share it with you. And maybe if you are inspired to start pursuing or continue to pursue that thing that you love, just remember that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is not what you say you're going to do. It's what you do. So go right now, tomorrow, tonight, whenever it is, Go take that very first step, however big, however small. Start moving towards that place that you want to be. And as a wise man once said, always keep moving forward. I really do hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Lou, this is Jason Watson. I just stumbled upon your podcast and listened to it today, Monday, January 15th. And very glad that I found it. I Googled uh, best WDW podcast, and you were easily found, so uh, that's a good job by you. But just, uh, again, wanted to say uh, excellent podcast today, and uh, I'm excited about the two big things. One that you mentioned at the end of your show about the integration of uh, the Magic Band slash mobile device into your every moment experience while in the Walt Disney World and um, how it can 
seamlessly become a part of your day down to, hey, you know, we see that you've got a dining reservation at 8.15, you need to head to the buses at, you know, 7.45, or hey, we see you're going to Hollywood Studios tomorrow, this could pop up on your screen in your in your room at your resort. Here are the hours for Hollywood Studios. Here's your your fast pass schedule. Here's your dining itinerary, that kind of thing. It could be seamlessly integrated quite easily with my Disney experience, much the same way that Google does with notifications for your calendar and that kind of thing. So, and I'm excited about some of the travel things, the the Skyway and some of the automated vehicles, that kind of thing, and how they can make that even more personalized. And then the integration and rollout of some of these IPs into Epcot. I love Epcot as it stands, and I love the festivals and that kind of thing, but I'm excited about um, a rejuvenation and a maybe um, a more relevant to the my kids um, integration of some of these IPs that we are endeared to as well, and some that may even be a little forgotten um, in just some of these worlds where the characters are relevant. Anyway, good job, Lou. I'm really glad I found you. You got a listener out of me. Uh, God bless. Have a great day. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Martin from Flowertown, PA. I just listened to um, your latest podcast, 509. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Anyway, um, my God, Lou Mangello, how could you forget Muppet Vision 3D? Little or no wait. Awesome cue. So many things to look at. And before you know it, you're in the theater. So that's my one no wait or little wait contribution. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Hi, Lou. This is Jennifer Lambert from Southgate, Michigan. We are recovering from our 14 inches of snow that we received uh, last Friday. And I wanted to wish the WDW uh, radio group on the site and the program a very happy birthday. Um, I remember from the past that your birthday, uh, or the site's birthday, is February 11th, which is consequently my birthday. So I hope you have a very happy belated birthday and uh, look forward to uh, meeting the group and getting my handshake and a hug very near in the future. Have a magical day. Hey, Lou. This is Joe Anderson. I'm calling from Chile, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just finished listening to your podcast about 10 things you don't have to stand in line for at Disney World. And some of the things that you miss that are my favorites are to go to the outdoor performances. Oh, the Dandy Dons are absolutely one of my favorites. Or the drums at China. And, or the other performances, like the acrobats. Um, just lots of different performances that you can walk up and watch, like the ones in Great Britain at the, uh, uh, at the uh, uh, World Showcase, things like that, that we enjoy just watching these artists do, do their craft and do it so well. And I just wanted to include that in the things that we enjoyed not having to stand in line with and when we've been to Disney World in the past. We're getting ready to be there this summer. And I'm so very excited. Thanks, Lou. We really appreciate what you do. Love your podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Bye-bye. Lou Mangiello, it's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. I hope you guys are all having a magical day. Lou, get ready. 125 days until you go to Alaska. Oh, my. <laughs> 97 days until I get to Flower and Garden. And I got a couple reservations made. I am so excited for those. And 
228 days until I get to Florida again with my BFFs. We are going to have so much fun. This is such a fun-filled, packed year, and I'm sure Lou and Becky have more plans in the works for everyone. So stay tuned to the WDW Radio Box and the WDW Radio Live Shows on Wednesday nights at 7.30 on Facebook. Sign up. Turn on your notifications. Have a magical, wonderful week. Love you. Hugs. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did.